Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Hey, podcasters and archivers, this is Brewcaster D. Throughout today's show, there are five clues that will lead you to the name of one beer. Guess the name right and send your answer to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com and you will register for a chance to win a conical fermenter in the BN's Conical Christmas. First one to send the right answer wins. So hurry, listen vigorously, and good luck. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Ah, welcome to the Brewcast, everybody. Sorry about the late start, a uh, little traffic on the bridge, but uh, we made it here and, and happy to be here. Welcome to the Stone Brewing Brewcast. We got them with us in the studio. And of course, as uh, you all well know, it is our first show where we'll be registering winners for our BN Conical Christmas, brought Sweet. to you by Beer, Beer, and More Beer. And HCA Industries, both giving away a conical to uh, a couple of lucky listeners. So we're going to start doing our registration here soon. How are you, Doc? I'm doing good. I got here early today, too. Yeah, it's weird uh, showing up here and seeing you here. You know, I know. Usually I I'm got waiting. here early. Uh, I was doing some work in the office. I got to listen to the FM show. Yeah? Cool. Did you like that? Oh, yeah. Did you like the secret handshake bit? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I caught most of that. Yeah. And then uh, I had to go. I was driving, so I had to go into the store and come back out, and you were just on the end of your tirade. Okay. But uh, I don't think he's going to be too happy with me come Monday morning. But uh, No, I think you're... Uh, I thought you yeah. went into that when he wasn't happy. <laughs> well, yeah. I just think it would have gone away if I hadn't uh, brought it back. But, oh, uh, one thing I want to mention for I forget, you guys were talking on the FM show about Anheuser-Busch glasses. Yeah. I didn't know anybody drank Anheuser-Busch out of glasses. <laughs> it's a good point. Why do they have glasses? Uh, Doc makes an excellent point. Daniela, how are you this evening? I'm doing just fine. I'm amazed by a new chat room. Yeah? Yeah. Do you like it? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> is everybody okay and, and getting in there all right? It looks like we have a bunch of people in there. I don't know if it's everybody. Okay. Uh, if you're having trouble with the chat room, uh, you're going to need to reinstall your Java, get, you, get your most updated version. And also, if you had registered with a name and a password, that might not work for you. You're going to have to use a new name. Um, you know, just change Because we got hacked. Yeah. Well, with this one, I don't know what happened because we, uh, we pay a company to host our chat service. Um, do you pay the bill? Because they do. Yeah. No. I do. <laughs> oh, there you go. And they, <laughs> otherwise, it wouldn't get done. Well, they upgraded us without telling me. I didn't find out that we were upgraded until the listeners said, hey, great new chat room. Good job. They snapped and I was them, like, baby. hey, thanks. Just looking out for you. Um, but they did it without telling me, so I had to go check it all out. But they did make a couple of changes. So uh, try a new username if you're used to that and, and not getting in. And, uh, and like I said, update your Java as well. Yeah. Okay. Daniela, everything working okay? No, it's not. I got kicked out of the main chat room for some reason. <laughs> so don't send me any messages. I can read them. Okay. And that's the other thing is that people can create their own rooms in there now. Uh, it used to be oh that there's God. just one chat room. But now you can, like, they were messing around all week with, like, Crotchrot's, you know, paradise of, I don't know, whatever. The just don't get the same room with yeah. JP. Just don't go there. I might disable that feature. We'll see how it goes Please this do. week. Because uh, everyone wants to go into different rooms. And just be aware, you're going to need to be in whatever room Daniela is in to get us uh, questions. And uh, also, we're going to be registering somebody from the chat room for the Conical giveaway. So you're going to have to be in the proper rooms for all that kind of stuff. Okay? Everything working all right? Mm-mm. No. We're going to figure it out. Don't you worry. <laughs> okay. Just the other move chat on. room. Just look at Bub on the line. All right. I do. No, maybe uh, not. <laughs> I do. Uh, just uh, a couple quick um, you know, announcements. I see that Doc is wearing his nice new Red Brewing Network yeah, t-shirt. Feels but nice. It's a nice one, right? Yeah, it fits me well. It's cool. Uh, you can find those in the Brewing Network store, but I urge you to hurry it up because they're going quick, and especially if you need certain sizes. I think Come on. The, the red ones are on fire, baby. They're cool, and the larges are almost gone. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for somebody or anything like that, uh, do it fast because I don't know if I'll be replenishing that store before January. So get in there and get your shirts up. And then, of course, the John Palmer One Hour Boil podcast is in there, and I've got some new uh, podcasts coming out too. The newsletter came out today. If you didn't get it, it's because you didn't sign up. So sign up on our newsletter button right there on the homepage, and you'll get next month and uh, maybe somebody will pass you along this month if they're real nice. Uh, and that should cover our announcements other than that we've got Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company hanging out with us. How are you, Mitch? Great. You just did the FM show with us. We appreciate that. And uh, now you're going to hang out here for three hours drinking beer and, t- and, and, and talking beer geek stuff. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, good. <laughs> Say anything you want, too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a different thing we do over here. We're allowed to really get into the nitty-gritty of beer, and people are going to want to know about the uh, some of your processes and uh, different things. Uh, I'll tell folks right now that w- uh, one beer we're going to be talking about is the Oak Aged Arrogant Bastard, which is a great beer. I'm having that right now. And uh, it, it really is nice. So we'll be talking a little bit about that and a couple of other Stones brews. And then, of course, we'll pick uh, Mitch's brain about um, you know all sorts of things that we want to know uh, about Stone, if that's okay with you. Plus, uh, as you uh, all may or may not know, Mitch used to work uh, for the big guys. He used to work for Anheuser-Busch, and I didn't realize, but for, for 14 years you did. Yeah, 14 years. Which uh, is a heck of a tenure there, so we're going to get lots of uh, nitty-gritty secrets about Budweiser out of you <laughs> for that, I can tell already. So get your questions ready. Join Daniela in the chat room now, and uh, you can send questions through her for Mitch. Uh, you'll also need to go there to register to win later on, and we'll be doing a phone contest to register to win the contest thing too. So uh, go there to ask us questions. 888-401-BEER is the phone number if you want to call the hotline and ask personally, and uh, that'll get our show rolling. Oh my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. Before we do that, we got to get to our feedback. 
a lot of things came through this week as usual, some of them long, um, so I'll try to get through it. But I got one of the coolest ones that I've gotten in a long time. I'll save that for later. Uh, the Vinny Puppet. Is he back angry? He's back angry. <laughs> He's angry. Writes in every week now. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, this is gonna piss off the Vinny Puppet, I know, but, uh, he apparently doesn't have anything to do, cause the guy writes in every single week now. So, uh, I don't know what's going on, uh, but he, hmm. he apparently doesn't have anything else going on in his life, Doc. Well, you know, when you're made of felt, what else are you gonna do? It's <laughs> a good point, Doc. You make a, as usual, Doc's got it right on, right, Sean? Exactly. Sean O'Sullivan <laughs> hanging out in the studio with us today as well. Do we have to call it Doc Vember, though? We yes, don't. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, Doc would prefer it, I guess, if, if we did. He's and taking it, over. And then it's Doc December. And <laughs> One tooth at a time. It's yeah. a good thing that Docuary doesn't sound good. <laughs> so we just have to finish out the year, I guess. That's uh, the place you, where you store stuff. <laughs> yeah, in the Docuary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Vinny Puppet says, Good noon, custard guts. What the fuck is your problem? Some F-tard slips me a Prozac and you take advantage of my niceness. Ooh. And of course, referring to his uh, email last week. He, yeah, he says, was actually nice last week. He was. He loved us last week. He says, well, screw you. So I see after nearly two years, you finally get some videos up. But the vid has that retarded fake fur effort dancing like an epileptic nympho on acid. Dude, you can do so much better than that. I liked watching the Vinnie Puppet dancing his ass off. Yeah. He's saying that's not him. It was an, apo- an imposter. It was Roger's ass, actually. <laughs> yeah. He says, dude, you can do so much better than that. Oh, uh, wait. No, you can't. Anyway, stop reading this shit and get the F on with the Stoned Brewers show. Sign the Vinnie Puppet. So that's what we'll do. Uh, of course, Vinnie is uh, referring to uh, the video of Doctoberfest, which is now up on the website. You can check it out. And uh, it's it's free to download. And it's a 30 meg thing. I think yeah. it's actually smaller than our average uh, archive of a show. Uh, so you can go and download it. And how did you like the video? Oh, I loved it. I, I've watched it several times. Have you? I have to because I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> did you show it to the family? Uh, no. You didn't show it to them yet? Okay. No. We're doing a special cut for the family, I think. <laughs> yeah. Sully, so, uh, you saw it. I yeah. thought it was awesome. Yeah, probably the, uh, the Doc family version has like a lot of black lines over, you know, certain parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that, mommy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Doc's, Doc's family's all English. They're British. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the penguin doing on the telly? <laughs> Standing. So go check it out if you haven't seen the video yet. It's on that video page that's been, uh, you know, blank for 12 months. You can uh, go there and. Hey, it's a good video. Yeah. We're all having a good time. It's fun. You also have new photos up, I saw. Yeah, well, because our, when our page got hacked while you were away, yeah. uh, we, the, the gallery got taken down and we put up a new one. So a couple new photos. There's a, a photo of Sean's pits. Yeah, I can't believe nice. it. I sent, I sent you an email. I said, what, you, are you trying not to let me get laid here? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you're never getting laid You don't again. need any help not getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Some more feedback here. <laughs> All right, Doc. <laughs> Hello, Justin, Daniela, Doc, Jamil, and the rest of the Brewing Network dwarfs, Sneezy, Karachi, Ozzy, etc. A longtime listener, first-time emailer. I just wanted to shout out a note about how great your show is and to completely suck up for the upcoming Stainless Steel Christmas Conical giveaway. First, the sucking. I have been listening to your show for about a year now. Went out and bought an iPod so I can work and listen to you guys and gals get drunk and argue about cold pitching. <laughs> I'm an extract with steeping brewer. Pretty good at it. I managed to keep my friends well lubricated. Got the four-tap kegerator in the basement. Thank you to Doc for all your cool picks. Nice. Now I know what I want to be when I grow up. A dentist with a brewing obsession. <laughs> Says there must be a support group for that somewhere. While your shows are still long, like Scar 
Star like Scarface or Star Wars are short films. I usually gleam some good info out of each, and I love the shows uh, that you did on doing it cheap. Please do another one. I never cried so hard while listening to Doctoberfest, where I learned that all you need to get Doc to say I love you, man, is to get him drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that works on me, too. <laughs> so he's right there with you. Um, I do think your show has made me a better brewer. I'm slowly building up equipment to all grain. Not easy on the $10 an hour that I make. Now on to the blowing. I can't listen to your show on Sunday nights. Nine out of ten, I'm working. I'm actually working now, but scamming a nearby Wi-Fi. I'm begging for the opportunity to get entered in the stainless steel conical Christmas giveaway. I do not have... And then he goes on and starts bashing our listeners, kind. He says, I don't have time that your listeners have to Skype in or send you a new photoshopped pic of John in an asshat. (laughs) (laughs) Or write and record songs about the intricate brewing jokes that have developed over the last year. Or manage a website for you. I lurk in the forum, learning by reading about other mistakes and successes. I lurk in the chat room, learning by listening. I don't have the 120 uh, words per minute typing talent needed to fire off a sexual pun about Daniela's English in the chat room. I can't fire off a response fast enough to Daniela in order to get into a contest. Dial-up sucks and blows. I can't post in the forum five times a day on three different forum subjects. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. He goes on and on. He wants to get in on winning. Um, Thanks. Signed, Steve. Okay. Oh, Steve. Sounds like me. I don't type very fast. I don't have a lot of time for the forum. Yeah. Uh, here we go. This is the last time I'm going to uh, announce this. Um, everybody's eligible to win the conical. Everybody. Some of you guys call me really slow and stupid around here, but I'm dishing slow it back right now because I said this a dozen times. Everybody's going to get a chance to win uh, one of the conicals. We're doing, in fact, we'll be announcing the rules of our conical Christmas here shortly. And you podcasters are going to get a chance just by listening to the archive to register to win one of the conicals. Okay, so let's just get that all cleared up right now. The There's only one person that's not eligible to win. That's me. Uh, two people, uh, then. Me? Uh, <laughs> can I win, too? I can win. Can I win? Now, BN, BN employees don't count, of course. BN employees, do, and Sean, you're almost an employee. So, uh, Define employee. I'm an intern. <laughs> you hang out here more, uh, more than I do. <laughs> um, the only people who can't win is the guy who won our last big giveaway, the guy who won the kegging system. I, I, have, to, I have to exclude him because we got to share the wealth. So that's it. Everybody else can win. So I'm going to give you the rules during this show. Come on. What are and, the odds uh, he would register? Anyway. Yeah, you never know. You, you still have know. to. you got to put well, that disclaimer out. Mm, no. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, all right. Let me move on to some other feedback here. So that everybody knows you're all you're all in it, okay? You can all register. Okay, dear brewcasters, thanks to you jokers, my letter carrier thinks I'm a homo. <laughs> <laughs> Daniela just spit beer all over herself with that one. Is that Sven? <laughs> he says, We here in St. Paul are well into the winter heating season, with that temperature reaching well into the low twenties and teens, and this isn't real cold yet. There is a single boiler to heat all thirty odd apartments in my building I live in. And it just so happens that the heating plant is right across the hall from my door. Consequently, most of the heating lines seem to run through the floors and walls of my house. So no matter what I set the thermostat to, my home is like a sauna all season long. So to beat the heat, I often don't bother to dress until I have to get ready for work, the second shift at the menial drudgery I call a job. Hmm. 
For the past few weeks, I've been spending the first couple of hours of each day with a cup or two of coffee and one of the downloaded archives of the Sunday show. Now, the other day, I was doing just this when there's a knock at my door. So I get up, go to the door, check the peephole, saying that I need to put my pants on. Uh, while I'm pulling up my pants, I open the door, and here's this pretty little girl holding a package, clearly marked cookbooks, which is kind of fruity to begin with. Uh, <laughs> Hearing you clowns spouting out of the stereo behind me. And he says, I have to say the audio quality is good enough that it's impossible for me to tell that it isn't live or is it Memorex. Great work. He says, I wish you could have seen the look on her face as she peered around my rotundness looking for three and a half uh, more, three more half-dressed dudes sitting around going on about beer. I knew instantly what was running through her mind. Homo. So me being the nasty fat F that I am, I've already got the long odds against me of ever getting a date, and now there's just one less girl that will ever that will ever give me a second chance. Gee, thanks. The only consolation I have is that I'm learning to brew good beer and to cook good food for myself. Thanks for all you've done for me or to me, Randy. So uh poor Randy. Yeah, I guess he was uh, listening to our show in the back and naked. <laughs> I gotta yeah, that's kind of weird. That part's like well, because he yells out the door, "I got to put my pants Hold on." Hold on a minute here. And then it's like nothing but dudes. Uh, okay, so that's our feedback for today. I'm getting messages about the chat room uh, here on Skype. People, What's going on? Oh, they're saying that they're getting messages saying access denied. Denied. That can't be. Well, you got a ton of people in there, right? Yeah, well, I got a ton of people, and um, who, who are they I denying? Did... I want to know. Okay. That. Uh, because I'll deny him. There's too. another part of this too. Maybe maybe you guys are doing this. Okay. It used to be that when you signed into the chat room, um, there was just one room, and that room didn't have a password. So you just punched in your name. Don't bother entering a password and enter the room. Okay. Now there's a, a drop down menu. Okay. So maybe you have it on the wrong uh, room. So make sure you click main room yeah. on the drop down menu. Do not enter a password. Just punch in a name. Whatever you want to call yourself. I don't care. Fuzzy nuts. It's fine uh, by me. You know, booger digger. <laughs> yeah, whatever you got. Uh, and huh? don't put in a password. Just click enter, and that should get you right into the chat room, okay? Uh, that's the best I can tell you other than updating your Java. And uh, lots of people seem to have figured out the secret. So um, so it, it's got to work one way or another, okay? And uh, now people are calling me a homo. Uh, lots of listeners today. Really? 888-401-BEER is the number. Uh, of course, join us in the uh, chat room uh, if you can get in there. We need to move on to Daniela's world vigorously, although she's uh, answering phone calls right now. But, Stop uh, calling. She's going to have to hang up on whoever's She's like chat uh, support talking. right now. Yes. Because now it's time for Daniela's world vigorously. Anyway, I'm busy today. <laughs> Are they calling you about the chat room? No, it was Beer Bear calling in. Are you going to taste his beer today? Mm, if I can find it in the fridge, yeah. That's what you told him, and he's now all worried because he's working overtime. What does that have to do with anything? Well, because he can't give us feedback, then that's what it means. We should do it while we have... So he wants me to do it next next week? I asked him that, but he said, no, it's okay, we can go ahead. Well, he's working overtime, and he's getting paid more, so... Yeah. Let's just do it next week. Okay, we'll do it next week. All right. So, Daniela's World by Grossly. Um You guys know that the current Pope of the Catholic Church is a German? Did you guys know that? Yes, we did. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, come on. Is that legal? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. I've also heard he's Catholic. <laughs> they allow that after what happened <laughs> oh, yeah. over there? 
Anyways, his name is Benedict XVI. That's his Pope name. You guys know that the uh, Popes, they don't take their normal names. They get like right. some holy names. Benedict. He's also a short-term Pope. How, what do you mean? Uh, when they're kind of got the big turmoil between the last long-term Pope and they got to put somebody else in there, they get an old guy. Yeah, and, he's and, old. And they put an old guy in there just for some short-term stuff. Like You John, mean they're waiting for him to die? You know, like John Paul I? Yeah. How long he lasts? I don't know. A couple uh, of years? Nine months. <laughs> yeah. It gives them time to get somebody else. They really want. Yeah. yeah. But more interesting, isn't it interesting that the, the doc knows this little weird bit of history? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he just chimed right in real quickly. He knows well, you know pokes. about the Pope thing. That's yeah. what I call him nerd. Well, anyways, he was, a, <laughs> he was elected Pope of the Catholic Church on April 19th in 2005. He's the 265th Pope of the Catholic Church. Church. It's a lot of popes. Well, now, some German breweries are, of course, very, very smart. And so the uh, brewery that's located in the city that the Pope comes from, they brewed a Pope's beer for him to oh, honor wow. this guy. And he, they just meant, in the beginning, it's just meant to do it as a celebration. They brewed, like, I don't know, just a few cases of the beer. They gave away a few hundred liters to the population of the little town. But then everybody loved it. So meanwhile, they they started exporting the beer even. It's called the Pop's beer, which is a German word for Pope. And they just said, um, we think that the church or religion overall and beer brewing are um, uh, similar things, and they've always been together. And there's this big German saying, uh, Hopfen und Malz, Gott erhalts, huh? which means in English, hops and malts, God might preserve them all. And you will find this saying Amen. all over... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you will find this saying... <laughs> All over Germany and all, every bar and every brewery. Really? Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, but because you can't read German, douchebag. It's a good point. <laughs> and you can't read after you've had a couple of pints. <laughs> Another good point. <laughs> the Pope's beer is a highly quality, uh, high quality fest beer, festival beer with a mild flavor and the typical German yellow co- color. Obviously, it's brewed according to the Reinheit Skibout. Of course. The label shows the Pope and his birth uh, birth house. Um, that's on the label. That's and disgusting. Several Catholic. <laughs> how do you say Catholic clericalist? Yeah, Catholic clericalist. <laughs> you did fine. How is it? I don't know what. To, I've never heard of a Catholic Cleric- clericalist. <laughs> you know what a clericalist is, though. No. Yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> Sully doesn't know. What's so a clericalist? It's like somebody who's uh, not oh. a priest but uh, is a cleric. Isn't that a cleric? Yeah, it's a cleric. Yeah, it's a cleric. I didn't know there were. I thought clerics were like in other religions than Catholicism, like the same that worship snakes. I'm I thought those were clerics. Up, uh, you're looking at me like I'm uh, the well, Pope a, authority. Why would you like? Oh, does Sullivan know anything about Catholicism? Go ahead, Danielle. Anyway, we're stepping. Whatever the word is, what is the person? The person is somebody who is affiliated to a Catholic church. So he's uh, appointed for some job within the Catholic church. Okay. So several of those guys have been already photographed drinking the beer because they drink quite a bit, the Catholics. So yeah, yeah, they all support this. And the brewery who did this beer is called the Weidner Brewery. It's located in 10 Bavaria, where people have been brewing beer since the 12th century. This brewery was officially established in the 15th century. The brewery is in family possession and strictly only uses Bavarian hops, malts, water, and yeast. Wow. Nice. So it's basically answering the question, what would Jesus drink? Yeah. Pretty much. That does answer that question, doesn't it? That's what Jesus would drink. And you said they're exporting it now, too? They're exporting it. On their website, they have it in English, too, the blog about the Pope beer, so you guys can go and check it out. What's the website again? Well, if I say it, you're not going to understand. I'm just going to plug it into the chat room. Say it anyway. It's fun. Vide another beer. Huh? What? (laughs) (laughs) Whites and their beer? (laughs) 
<laughs> why was it always why is it always white people with the Germans? I don't know what that is all about. It's very strange. <laughs> is that it? That's it. Woo! Bye, Garosli. Mm-hmm. Listen to your song for a second. Oh yeah. This is your father singing. More my grandpa actually. What does he say? What's the first words? Today. Not the first word, like the whole thing. <laughs> like he says, "Oisen Schützen." Heute. It's a. It today. means today is a shooting festival. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh my God! Why is there a shooting festival? Well, in Bavaria, we have this tradition that people go out, you know, at the fair, <laughs> and, they and shoot stuff. yeah, and you shoot like little rabbits, but they're not real rabbits. They're oh. like, you know, they're. Yeah, but these, they used and to you, be real rabbits. You only shoot with those. Um, what is it called? Air guns or so? Yeah. So they're not okay. real guns. So it's just a Color fair gun. game. That, yeah. And this, uh, he's singing about this girl who is um, in the local shooting club, and her name is Liesl, and she's totally hot. Really? Isn't that yes. how Hitler got to start? Yeah. yeah. Why do you always have to mention Hitler, Sean O'Sullivan? He's <laughs> a hot chick with guns, is what you're saying. That's what nah, you're thinking about? Yeah, that's so they're not real guns, about. it's like a shoot and release? Yeah, that's all they are. Yeah. It's just a pellet gun, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. You can shoot on people with that, it doesn't hurt. It gives you a little. It's like you're, you guys have this game too. We do? Paintball. paintball. Yeah, paintball. Oh, it's like that? But it's not paintball. Oh, it's, it's okay. Like Tell the rabbit that. But it's the same sort of pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell that to the poor little rabbits you guys are killing. They're not real rabbits. Get over yourself. singing about, too. <laughs> it's about it shooting people. Yeah. Kind of craving a rabbit soup now that we're talking about shooting rabbits. <laughs> rabbit soup? You ever had rabbit soup? No. Me neither, but doesn't it sound really good? No, it sounds terrible. It sounds great. Has anybody ever had rabbit soup? No. Nope. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like you, of course, Doc. <laughs> Why didn't I just oh, go yeah. straight to Doc? Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of rabbit. Is it rabbit? good? Rabbit yeah. stew. Rabbit stew. Rabbit yeah. soup. Rabbit. 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 That was good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. not gamey. Oh no, not at all. Does it taste it's like, like, the, my, like my wife? We were in uh, Belgium, and uh, like, cool, I can get rabbit. So and my dad used to give us rabbit as kids and stuff. And Plus, yeah. probably you know the lean years up there in the Moraga compound, you're probably yeah. living on rabbits. Oh, uh, we were in Southern California, but um, but. Uh, uh, we were in Belgium, and my wife goes, "We, I, yeah, try some rabbit." I didn't even try a rabbit. We ended up trading plates, and she ate all my rabbit, and I got no rabbit. Really? Yeah, it's good then. Yeah, it's it's actually really nice. Now see, we're gonna eat us some rabbit soon. All right, here's what we gotta do. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna start talking beer with Mitch Steele uh, from Stone Brewery. Beer and Company. rabbit. We're already drinking the uh, oak aged uh, arrogant bastard. That's what I got anyway. Ooh. What are you guys drinking? The same. What'd you give me? IPA. Give me the IPA. IPA IPA. is over there. Beautiful. So lots of stone beers, and we're going to talk a lot about them. Um, Also, I'm going to have to give you guys some instructions about how to register today to win in the BN Conical. I don't want to know that. (laughs) Yeah, of course not. I will tell you this. Let me give you a couple (laughs) hints here. We're going to do our first uh, registration right around the 6 o'clock hour, right right in that, uh, you know, give or take a few minutes, right around 6 o'clock, and I'm going to do another one toward the end of the show, so you're going to have to stay tuned and hang out with us here on the Brewcast. When we come back, we're going to get all into Stone Beers with Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company. Going to get stoned. It's the Brewcast. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This is Brewcaster D again. Listen closely now. Your first clue is a European original West Coast style. <laughs> You're pissing me off, man. Fuck. 
one beer at a time. All right, we are back on the Stone Brew Show. And also the registered people that give away some shit show, which I'm stoked about. Beer, beer, and more beer. You can go to morebeer.com and HCA Industries. You can go to HCAIND.com. Have teamed up to donate two conical fermenters for the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. And we will be registering two. Count them. Two lucky listeners today to win that. We're I don't know why you December. keep hyping this up. Nobody wants a conical. Yeah. They're happy <laughs> with their carboys. I know. And it. their buckets. They're they a plastic bucket. They, they're good. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's a ridiculous why thing. Why would I a piece of stainless steel? <laughs> what do you want that Where am for? I going to put that thing? That's what everybody's asking themselves right now. Where am I going to put this <laughs> conical thing? I'm going to have to hide it from the wife. You know what? I think that there will be uh, husbands everywhere displacing their children to find place oh. to put this <laughs> conical yeah. fermenter. I, I, I could see them building a, an extra room for it <laughs> with spotlights on it. Yeah. Floor drain. Kind of like that, you know, the Picasso. That's thing. right. It's <laughs> so funny if you're a homebrewer how it uh, changes your whole life. Just Justin's brother is currently looking for a new house in uh, New York State. Yeah. And what he looks for is a nice house, of course, for his family. He loves his family. That's number one. That's number one. But right there is the brew house. That he like needs to have a good space for the brew that's, house. That's what yeah. sold me on my house. It's like not even number two. It's like number one and a half. <laughs> is that it has to have a good brew house. Oh, that's what sold me on my house. Yeah. Basically. Oh. Well, the first, we looked at a couple houses in, the, in that neighborhood. There's not a lot goes on in that neighborhood. And the first one was... I could turn that into the brew house. Yeah. It's a horse barn. <laughs> I you like turn that into a brew house. No, <laughs> it's a brew house. <laughs> and, and then, well, okay, we, my wife didn't like that one. Then we looked at the next one. And where's the brew house? Yeah. Oh, right, oh no. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now he's got it. My brother's got his wife, you know, looking too. When she goes out looking if he's at work or something, when she comes back, she's like, hey, and there's really this great spot for the brew house. So uh, it's a team well, effort. Yeah, because pro- he probably won't even look at it if she doesn't yeah. preface it with that. She knows that's the selling point. So safety, welfare of the children and family, and then brew house like a second below that. Yeah. <laughs> she comes back well, and she's like, know. well, it has a big yard and it's got three rooms schools and are good bath and the schools are good and it's, it's got, got a good resale value a, a brew house oh what uh, i'm sorry so the, there's a brew house like that's all he hears right he should probably look this place it's got a pretty good brew house um Start you might want to look at it though yeah and just leave it at that just leave it there that'll be like the new thing with real estate listings yeah good brew house <laughs> exactly what are you looking for yeah all right so in just about a half hour from now i'm going to be reading the rules of our conical christmas giveaway and we'll do our first uh, registrant to uh to get you so I, i'm out right so you're out doc okay. you got enough. you got enough conicals to share man you, you don't need another one mm, well, <laughs> well two of them are being i got Ten open right now. Right. <laughs> Mitch, uh, were you a homebrewer before? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Actually, I uh, belong to a homebrew club in New Hampshire called Brew Free or Die. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know of the club. Yeah, it's a great club. I made a lot of good friends there, and uh, I was brewing a lot when I lived in New Hampshire. I think we interviewed them on our one of our shows, actually. Did we, you really? We used to do a club spotlight on our uh, lunch meet show, and uh, I think we, we interviewed the guys from Brew Free or Die. Great, cool. great name. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have, as a home brewer, a stainless steel conical fermenter? No. No, but you no. wanted one, right? I want one now. <laughs> you want it now? <laughs> you can totally hear it in your voice. Oh, I covet the conical fermenter. I never had one, but I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> I was a carboy guy. Uh, 
We're here with Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company, and you guys are based in uh, San Diego County. Now, when you look on your website, it's which is uh, stonebrew.com, by the way, you can click on the link on our homepage, too. Um, it says, like, North San Diego, but then if you look other places, what's the actual city that you guys are in? We're in Escondido, and we just moved there about a year ago. Okay, yeah. And that's still San Diego, San Diego County, then? Yes, it is. It is. Okay. So, Escondido, California, you guys distribute uh, all over the place, though. Is it a nationally distributed beer? It is? I got Dave in here, too. Dave Hopwood, he is their uh, regional sales exec up here for our area. And so you know uh, personally, though, Dave, that it, it goes, it, it's a nationally available beer. Yeah. 20 states, he says. Okay, fantastic. So you can find this stuff, and uh, you won't miss the label. It's it's awesome. I really like the gargoyle and the whole bit on a lot of the beers. And uh, it's a little scary. So it is a little frightening, and kind of, but it kind of kicks ass, you know. Well, you know, you better want that beer. That's right. Uh, so uh, just go ahead and check out stonebrew.com, and uh, we're going to be talking to Mitch all day today. Uh, I've got a first question that's already come through, so I'm going to dive okay, in with no, that. Uh, since we're talking about homebrewing first, uh, people want suggestions on how to get the paint off of the stone bottles so they can reuse them for homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> how about if I uh, if I try and find out and get back to you, because I have no idea. Um, it's uh, you know We try to make that paint on there pretty good so yeah. it doesn't get rubbed off when you put it in the cooler or wherever. Definitely. Definitely. Now, I'm going to say if, uh, from a, a brewer's perspective, if I had a craft brewery, I'd do the paint thing too. I really, I think it's cool, and I think it kind of adds to the package. But then as, as a home brewer, it's a big pain in the ass. Oh, I don't know. I think if you have a home brew and a stone bottle, that's a pretty cool thing. That's a cool thing, yeah. <laughs> If you want your own labels, yeah. then you're in well, trouble. Well, it just says home brewer. Okay, it says cheap-ass home brewer. But it, it says home brewer. Yeah. Oh, are you serving stone? No, it's my beer. Yeah, it's definitely. My, but I like stone. Yeah. <laughs> And then, some, Dave, maybe you could answer this one for us because people want to know where they can get the three-liter bottles of stone, you know, those big guys that you guys do. Well, right now we've actually got a couple of them. We've got 10th anniversary, and it's – I don't think you can find it right now. Oh, is Maybe right? Ledger's. Ledger, Ledger's in Berkeley might uh, have some. Okay. And um, and right now the Double Bastard's going to be in three liters. BevMo is probably your best bet over here. Okay. Or, and nationally, do you guys send out the three-liter bottles nationally? Do you know? Yep. You we, do? We do. All but, 20 states. Okay. All, all, the distribution's everywhere we have it, so. Okay. I would. I guess I'd – if you go to stonebrew.com, there's a link right there that talks about distribution and where you can find it. If you click on the link of the beer you're looking for, yeah. and you go on there and you look at every package, there should be a store listed in your area. Okay. I'd it's recommend calling, though. Yeah, call for that three-liter. <laughs> <laughs> it goes quickly. So if you look at the store, yeah. it should be on there. If you're looking for Double Bastard, click on Double bastard, click in your area. It should show you all the stores that carried it. Okay, cool. Uh, I've seen the big. Them. I've seen the big double ba- bastards at uh, Bebmo. You have, yeah. Usually, okay. especially around Christmas time. Okay. Uh, with the little key on the top. Yeah. What happens if you can't open it? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. Hey, Mitch, that happened to me once. <laughs> I had to cut the damn thing. Just, off. Yeah, well, that that'll work. Just, just <laughs> cut it. Yeah, because you guys you really want the beer, and, you'll and, cut and, it. And then I thought it was kind of a joke. I thought it was like you can't get in there. You have to like figure out a way to get in there. That's what I mean by double bastard. Yeah. Exactly. Like he keeps your friends out of it. That's are they the, corked? <laughs> are they corked or capped? No, they're capped. They're they're like a swing top bottle, like a Grosch, old uh, time Grosch bottle, and then with a lock on the with swing a lock top. on it. Yes. Okay, cool. I like that. I think it's like a beer chastity belt. Let me ask you this: opposite. With the swing top deal, okay. If you wanted to, if you had a beer in one of those swing top dealies and you wanted to age it, is it going to lose uh, the CO two a lot more than either a corked or a capped bottle, or is it just as secure as any of the above? It shouldn't. I mean, you know, we go out and we search for the right gasket and the right 
uh, O-ring on the on the cap so that you can age it. And those beers are meant to be aged. You, you can that's age. That's what it. I thought. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason you'd buy a big one is you'd save it for a special occasion. Exactly. Age it. So you're pretty confident that it's not a leaky. Uh, and I don't mean that it leaks, but I mean over. You're ta- if you're talking six months or a year here, I'm just wondering if that's if that's as secure as everything else. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I, you know, we have a little more variability with the swing caps just because of the nature of the cap, but I'd say usually they're good for six months to a year, and okay. I, I would drink it within a year. You would? Okay. Yes. All right, fair P- enough. People rely on the caps more than they should, too. Yeah, uh, they will like, leak. The caps leak a lot. Uh, if you really want to store something a long time, you better cork it. Or put it in a can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Come on, I gotta get the plug thing. in. Love it. I love it. Oh, just to plug that one, uh, my friends went to two one A and they were they wanted some canned stuff and it wasn't available. It is available, right? When was that? Uh, probably a month ago. Eh, we got it all right now. It's back. <laughs> send it back. Send I can send. Oh, they yeah. they love the food. They love the beer there. But there's no watermelon and no cans. Yeah, well, it's we have it now. Hey, the stuff's popular. You, hey, you know what? It comes yeah. in, it goes out. I got to put my son through school. So. <laughs> That's right. But he, he got to keep Stephanie. He happy. gave kudos for uh, the food. He gave kudos for the beer there. But you know, yeah, right. two thirds of it. I got one of the. I got one of the swing a uh, uh, three liter swing top bottle from. Uh, Triple Rock. Christian gave it to me yeah. for my birthday, and I'm actually stoked about it because I want to put one of my beers in it and then and then age it, like stick it around for a while. In fact, I'm wondering, Doc, if maybe we can put uh, like bottle a bit of the Doppelbach that we made in that sucker, so I can keep a big bottle oh, of, of it we can. to celebrate. Maybe we'll save it for the anniversary party or something. Oh, of course we can. Cool. Let's uh, do but I, I don't see any of your beer that I'm not holding aging at all well you can hold it that's fine i saved the big bottles hey i saved the damnation bottle we opened for you right yes you did all right the big bottles if it looks like a novelty i'll save it if it's just beer in a can or in a in a bottle or in a keg give me me the bottle i'll put it in there okay uh and then i'll keep it okay and then back to the uh painted on thing because i had a suggestion from a listener uh, a follow-up the the paint on the bottles he says that on the B3 forum, a guy had figured out that a light, uh, is it muriatic acid? Is that, is that muriatic. Muriatic yeah. acid solution for about an hour will take the paint off. You, you can get that at a pool supply. Okay. Or any Long's Drugs even has it. Any, any pool chemicals is muriatic acid. Okay. You can get that. Get a, get I was some. thinking about rubbing the the Vinny puppet on it because he's so abrasive. Yeah, that might <laughs> <laughs> that might take it right off. That, that might work. <laughs> the felt just comes right off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Touch to felt. Talk about. All right. So what I want to do is start to talk uh, a, a bit more about the Stone Brews and then get into your history as a brewer too, Mitch. Okay. Um, so uh, how many different brews uh, are you guys brewing over at Stone now? Well, we do six year round. Uh, we do the the Stone Pale Ale, the Stone Smoke Porter. Levitation Ale, IPA, Ruination, and Arrogant Bastard. Okay. And we do those year-round, and then all the time we are doing a seasonal. So right now the seasonal that we just came out with was the Double Bastard and also the Oaked Arrogant Bastard. Nice. And uh, we're gearing up to do the Old Guardian Barley Wine uh, just after the first of the year. And cool. Then we'll get into stout season and do our Imperial Russian Stout. Um, then we get into Vertical Epics and Anniversary Beers and... 
there's always something going on seasonally. So that's I'll, a busy I'll, brew schedule. Yes, All pretty much lawnmower beers, right? Yeah, lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> well, that's actually a good point because, uh, and I want to talk about that. When when we were searching through our beer selection just before the show for one for Daniela, Daniela was saying, I thought that all of Stone's beers would be just full of hops. I thought they were all IPAs or all hoppy. And I was explaining, it's it's actually not necessarily that they're hoppy beers, but they are generally big beers. Big beers. You yeah. guys do oh, yeah. you, you do a several big beers. Yeah, I think all of our beers are assertive in flavor. And, um, uh, you know, they're not all overly hoppy, but they all have a lot of flavor. Yeah. And I, I don't think you can get that on a lot of these beers. All your beers are big beers. And I don't think you can get a lot of that flavor profile that you guys are known for without having a big beer. I think the one the one beer that maybe uh, is the exception to that rule is our Levitation Ale, which is only four and a half percent alcohol by volume. But we try, you know, gotcha. it's a, in our brewing process, we try to get a whole lot of flavor, pack a whole lot of flavor into that beer, even though it doesn't have a lot of alcohol. Okay, and and you want to talk about some of the techniques that you guys use about how to get those, you know, big beers? Is it? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot to it, but uh, it's not just doubling up on your grain. I mean, there's a, several other things that you guys are having to get done. Yeah, in it's you know hopping techniques, adding adding hops in the whirlpool, for example, to get a, a nice fresh hop flavor in the beer, and dry okay. hopping, of course, obviously. Yeah, uh, we use dry hopping a lot, you know, and, and if we want to get something really hoppy, you know, we've got a new brewery in Escondido, uh, and the and the kettle boils very strong, so. Um, we don't get as much hop flavor coming off of the kettle right. than I think we did at our old brewery. And I don't know. I never worked at the old brewery. But uh, I know that um, in order to get more hop flavor in our beer, we've had to resort to dry hopping or adding uh-huh. more hops to the Whirlpool to get that get that hop flavor without volatilizing all the, the hop components. Because such a... Uh Vigorous hop, uh, vigorous boil. There you go. (laughs) Good Uh, use of the term. (laughs) Uh, It just boils it right off, so you have to compensate for it. Exactly. Which is what we have to do in home brewing all the time. Now, uh, uh, at the same time, uh, it's my understanding that the the more rigorous the boil, also the more bittering you get out of a hop too. That it likes to the turbidity; it wants to rub together, and you can really get a lot more oils out of it. Do you find that too, where you're getting more bitterness but less hoppy flavor? Yeah, we get definitely have gotten better bitter bitterness extraction or bitterness recovery yeah. off the boil than we did at the old brewery, and so we had to make some adjustments when we moved. And I I kind of came in right after we had made a lot of those adjustments. So, um, but uh, I know that for a fact that we had to cut cut the hopping a little bit during the boiling because we got much better extraction during that during that boil with the new system. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because that would definitely that changes a lot of things, especially on that scale. I would imagine how 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 many gallons of wort is in that kettle? Well, it's 120 barrels, so multiply that by yeah. 31. Okay. I that's a lot of gallons. Right that's like 50 seven, gallons seven, or something. Seven, that's a lot. Seven, 50, between 50 and 60. 70. 700. <laughs> uh, well, it's the same thing when people always say, uh, can I have your recipe? It's not about the recipe as much as it is about your system and you knowing what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, you took the same recipe from your old brewery, put it in the new brewery. It wasn't the same. No, they all had to be adjusted. Right. And you, you come across and you want to have a great beer and it just... Too much of this, too little of that, and you have to really work it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what being a brewer is all about, getting the same end result with a different system and making the proper adjustments. Uh-huh. Or And knowing your system, so when you can take anybody's recipe, I'll give you one of my recipes, and it would not be the same. Exactly. I could give you a heads up, give you my beer, and you. if I give you my beer, my recipe, said brew it on your system, 
being your brewer, and you would you would adjust it for your whole system. Exactly. And you would, have to. And you would make it come out cool. Now, yeah. now, Doc, are you gunning to get Stone to brew one of your recipes right now? Uh, is that no. what's going on here? No. <laughs> no, I, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out. I, I'm getting hit a lot lately for a lot of recipes. Yeah. And it's not just that because I could give you a recipe and it could come out like crap. Well, that's what happened in the forum, actually. Some guys were asking me about uh, uh, the 21A IPA recipe, and I, and I didn't know how to do it. I was like, well, I could probably maybe give you a five-gallon version of it, but I just basically gave them what I do, and then they can run with it and do what they want with it. So well, C- scale it down. You scale it CC down me, and we could get in on the, the, the round here, and we could get that worked out. Yeah, they, I mean, they were using ProMash and all that and, and, and doing that. And I actually am very interested. I didn't, haven't posted on the forum about this, but it would be interesting to find out if, those, if they did send those bottles in. Uh, to see what they tasted like. Right. And I think there's been some discussion actually about Arrogant Bastard as well and seeing how they sort of scale down to a homebrew level. Well, what Mitch is saying is uh, he, he moved. He, the water's different. Yeah. Uh, the brew house yeah, is, brew different. House is different. And, and it was really interesting house. to him to say that just that the kettle boil is different. Yeah. yeah. And how much that made a difference. Well, I think the kettle boil is probably the most important thing. From a brewing standpoint, because really? it, it impacts oh, everything. Yeah. It impacts color. It impacts uh, the hop extraction, the flavors, everything. So and that's I, really interesting because I I would have expected you to say the water or something. You no, know? I think the water you can work around. It's, yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. But I think the kettle boils. Yeah, the hydrostatic huge. pressure on it and how it boils and the volatility of the you yeah. know what were you doing before gas or steam. I mean, when I moved all from uh, the okay. kitchen, I was I I went from five gallons up to ten gallons even in the kitchen, and it was. Barely boiling, and you know that that little fizzy boil yeah. kind of thing. And when I moved outside with a with a propane cooker, it really started boiling, and, and everything changed. Everything yeah. changes. Yeah, yeah. I, I had the same experience. And we've got uh, at Stone, we've got an external calandria, so we're pumping the wort from the kettle through a steam heat exchanger and heating, superheating it, and then pumping it back into the kettle wow. where it boils, which really? is something I've never worked with before, and it's totally different than anything I've ever dealt with. What's but, the purpose of that? To get it boiling faster? Yeah, okay. it gets it boiling really fast. I, I see. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And then you get it in there. Okay, so you've had to compensate, and you're talking about to the the pressure uh, on the, in the headspace of the kettle. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the the hydrostatic pressure to of the kettle itself, like how much sort of, and also it has to do with the energy uh, transfer system in terms in the kettle as well. Like what kind of volatility you're getting in it. You, uh, Mitch mentioned that they've got this they've got this crazy boil going on right now. They've had to compensate probably, yeah, you know, for a lot of the you know the, the hopping uh, factors and you know and also you know what kind of yield you're going to get as well. I mean, it's like. It was probably starting over in a lot of ways at the new brewery, I would imagine. Hey, yeah. Did you waste any batches at the? No. Yeah, that's what I was going uh, so to do. Well, because you Don't you bitch. realize it's going to be still beer, but it's, <laughs> yeah, right. And it is trial and error to get it how you want it. So, did you try to brew an arrogant bastard, for example, and end up with something else, and or just did you change just, the name? You know, some I I, <laughs> I I don't think so. I I came in after a lot of that was done. A lot of that work was yeah, done. Yeah, but you know the story. Come on, quit hiding behind that. I know <laughs> of no beer that we dumped. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, that's what they were that. looking for. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I know of no beer that was <laughs> yeah. no beer was harmed. No in this. beer was harmed in this transition. <laughs> well, and I don't, uh, I don't want to get fully into the the Budweiser part of your career yet. But I am curious if that part of it and how scientific I think it tends to be over at those bigger breweries, uh, if that helped you to adjust a, a beer to a new system over here. Uh, yeah, you know, it's something that I'm looking at and. Um, 
you know, one of the things I'm looking at is uh, right now, actually, is the old recipes and, and what the results we got at the old brewery, and I'm comparing them to the, the new brewery to make sure that things like evaporation rates and and that kind of thing are, are right on the same page, you know, and, and if they're not, then we can make some adjustments. But uh, yeah. I think, that, you know, the, the guys there, you know, Lee Chase was a head brewer before I got there, and I think he and uh, Chad, who was the, uh, uh, the lead brewer, uh, before I got there, they both did a really good job making the adjustments, and and you know they had a few months to work with it before I got there. So, oh, okay. You know we're we're fine tuning all the time, but um, I think uh, I think most of the work was already done before I got there. Okay. All right, I want to go back to hops for a second because you're talking about uh, do different ways to do that in dry hopping, uh, whirlpool hopping. How about first wort hopping? You ever done that? I've done that at home, and actually, I did that at Anheuser Busch. Did you really? Yeah, if you uh, can believe that. <laughs> as an experiment, or is that their procedure? The um, the Demons Hop Yard IPA, which is which is a regional out of Merrimack, New Hampshire, is first wort hopped and. Uh, I learned that uh, mash hopping, first word hopping, I was doing that as a home brewer in New Hampshire, and so I, I kind of threw that into the Budweiser mix, into the, into the Demon's Hop Yard beer. Gotcha. Well, there's a lot of talk about the first word hopping, and, and some people saying it doesn't make a difference. Uh, some people have done side-by-side. There's a couple things I've heard. I've heard a side-by-side test that has been done, and uh, 9 out of 10 people, whatever the statistic was, is something equivalent to that, uh, chose the first word hopped beer. I've heard of other people saying you won't notice a difference. What, it, do you, what have you noticed? I, you know something? Every every beer that I've done that I've wanted to do first word hopping or mash hopping has been such a hoppy, incredibly hoppy beer that I don't I don't get a difference. Gotcha. Um, you know, I think the real test would be to take something that isn't really well hopped, you know, something like, you know, uh, a brown ale or, or, you know, something that doesn't have a whole lot of hop character and then do a first word hopping on that and do a side by side. But I don't know anybody that's done that. Okay. Yeah, see, I think that would be the key, too. To yeah, really I think that's the one thing they don't mention is what kind of beer they did do the side-by-side with. Yeah, I think the one that I saw was an IPA, but don't quote me on that. I'll yeah. have to look it, at it. And they're looking for smoother bittering, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's really the, the the conventional wisdom is that, you know, with first word hopping, you're getting a nice smooth bitterness and things like that. But, uh, uh, you know, if you're dry hopping the beer after the fact, I think it's going to be hard to tell. And it also scares people when um, first word hopping, how much hops do I put in? Do I put more do i put less yeah and it makes it more complicated for a lot of people and sure it, it might be one of those end things that you want to change yeah get, get your beer down first and yeah. then start experimenting with that kind yeah. of stuff gotcha uh, ha- are there any stone brews uh that you do either mash hopping or first word hopping not yet no no see i want to do i don't want to do the first word hop you know, by uh, where where I'm putting it in the kettle as I'm transferring um, my 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 mash into the kettle, I don't want to do that first word hop because uh, just because I'm not too interested. I'm much more interested in doing the mash hop. I, I don't I I don't ask me why per se, but I just think I like the the aroma part of it of getting it right in there with the grains and the whole bit. I'm interested in experimenting with doing that just for the hell of it, not because I think it's going to make my beer better, better but uh, I'm interested. You know? Actually, I did that once, did um, and it was uh, it was it, it was actually really cool to do because of what you're talking about. Uh, you know, you threw it in there and you started in with the mash, and uh, the aroma was amazing. I was mean, it? It filled the it filled the restaurant up. Uh, not in terms of the beer, but in terms of the process. And yeah. Then, and then I don't know if I really got anything out of it, actually. Oh, really? I mean, I spent a lot of money on whole flower hops and threw them in there and had a lot of fun with it. And yeah. Eventually, actually, it was interesting because the 
guy that picks up uh, the rancher that picks up our grain, uh, the, the the cattle would not eat it. Oh, really? Because it was it had these you know whole flower hops in it, and there's a lot of bitterness factor there. So I get the weed out of the grain. Sean, what now? What are you doing to me? My cows are starving up here. Yeah. And anyway, so hell, Bessie, they they put the hops in in the grain again. Now just steer clear today. Wouldn't eat it. And I don't know what I got out of it actually in terms of the finished beer. Just that it smelled good. I gotta tell you though, are you selling this grain to the guy? Uh, he no, we uh, we uh, yeah. we actually pay for him to pick it up. Oh, oh, yeah. and he's pitching about that. Yeah, he's no, he like didn't. He just told me it's Don Morton. He's a great man from Santa Rosa. But anyway, the bottom line is is that uh, it was great to do it, but I don't know what I got in the end. So, how many pounds of hops did you use? I put in probably uh, what was it? I probably put in about forty four pounds of whole flower hops, and you know it was kind of a pain to get them in there and all that, but it smelled great. And what what the guys in, uh, eating in the restaurant think? Uh, it was probably well. It was before we opened, but it just—it was a great smell. Oh, they're they're so, brewing, baby. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, was it? Did you? Was it a beer that you had brewed before without doing that? And then it you was did our the- Imperial IPA, double IPA, and uh, I, I, and I you just, didn't notice a difference no, between normal and what you had done. No. See, that just I. I mean, you can't fight with the facts, but doesn't it seem like there would have to be a difference? You're adding you know, an ingredient at a. I mean, what's going on there? You're putting in, uh, you know, whole flower hops at about 100, you know, 56 degrees or whatever yeah, it is, 59 yeah. degrees. I mean, w- what's that? What's going to like pre- precipitate through into the boil? I mean, we maybe I didn't add enough uh-huh. or or whatever. But well, did you was, subtract that amount of hops from your? Uh, no, no, we just added. We just the idea is to have uh, those hop constituents leach out of the hops, yeah, and actually stabilize uh, before you raise it up to. Boiling temperature. Yeah, it's an aroma And then thing, that'll be we carried for. over. Okay. And if I was g- going to be doing a big ass hoppy Mothra thing, yeah. I was I, I would be doing mash hopping, first sport hopping. I'd be doing all every of kind it. of hopping I could, dry hopping. I'd be hump hopping that thing. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hump hop it and too. Everything yeah. we can get into that thing. Yeah. And uh, every, every yeah, but there might be other ways to do it. I mean, I, if you're looking for those aroma qualities, which is what or, or flavor qualities, which I think are important. I think that you know maybe it's a late. Uh, I've been experimenting around with doing late uh, whirlpool hopping, so mm-hmm. it's not done initially. So you're not blowing off a lot of the volatiles. It's sort of the end of the whirlpool. We whirlpool for about. 15 minutes at the end of boil so you want to sort of hold on to those things uh, as well as maybe even more dry hopping i mean i i don't know if you've done anything like that mitch what you guys do with your ipa or anything like that but uh it's you know kind of that's what i've been kind of playing around with a little yeah bit. and us too I, I i mean we do a lot of whirlpool hopping at stone and and we do a lot of dry hopping and we play around with uh, the combinations there to try and get more hop flavor um we haven't done any mash hopping at stone um and maybe next but, week yeah I'm just going to throw in a box and just see what happens. Now, do you, you know? now how big are your fermenters? Uh, our fermenters are, uh, we have two size fermenters. We have 150 barrel fermenters that hold one brew, and then we have 360s that hold three brews. Yeah, see, what I heard is that uh, Matt Brindelson actually was talking about this at uh, Firestone Walker, is that uh, they, and this is at the Hop Summit they do up every uh, every year up in uh, at Hop Union uh, for the pro brewers, and uh, he was talking about how they don't, uh, they add whirlpool hops on the like the second batch of beer. They don't oxygenate on. So what they do is they double batch of beer. They send it into the fermenter, but they don't add the whirl. They don't uh, oxygenate the whirlpool hops. Okay. Batch and the yeah. idea is not to drive off the volatiles. Yeah, you don't. Do, yeah. they don't go off with the bubbles. Exactly. In the fermenter. We oxygenate every beer that we yeah. put into a fermenter. So um, 
but uh, yeah, that's something we're cognizant of too. You know, it's it's like you don't want to drive off those volatiles. Yeah, that's that's another thing about doing the dry hopping in the secondary is uh, you don't want to be fermenting and and just scrubbing out all the all the hop volatiles exactly. and having that go through. So, do you add the dry hops in the for the primary or the secondary? Yeah, we add the dry hops after we after after the primary fermentation right. is just about done. Because you don't want to cap dry it off. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we cap it off. We chill it a little bit, and then we add the hops, and then we chill it full bore. Afterwards. And that's significant, actually, because we I remember one time uh, a new brewer of mine dry hopped the beer, and we usually uh, dry hop about a half a point or a, uh, to a full point uh, before terminal, and uh, he didn't cap it. And it just was like, just left it, you know, going. And, uh, so, uh, and there was absolutely no hop aroma from the dry hops. Yeah, it all went out into your restaurant. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and they enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> so the capping is just you talking about, uh, stopping the blow off. Yeah, too. exactly. Yes. I, 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 I yeah. don't know, Doc, maybe you could speak about this. Uh, unless you have certain types of fermenters, I don't know if you can. You'd need one of these uh, stainless steel conical. There fermenters. we go. Yeah. There you go. You that don't be capping anything off in a glass carboy. The ones we're given, you can't cap off. Yeah, they've got that loose the, top too. Well, yeah, they're not. They're yeah, not. Yeah, but how much up. pressure can a carboy hold? Not much. Oh, I bet it could hold about ten pounds. Oh, you could probably still do that maybe, then. Maybe and maybe see like you, a rock, you slight 20, rise I bet you go twenty-five pounds in a glass carboy. In a glass carboy. Would you recommend that? Hell no. Would you sign up for that? <laughs> See, because, no, because I, what I think is that it's not a consistent thing. Uh, I mean, I've, you, you hear of, of carboys breaking because someone dropped a quarter on the side of it or, or, or a tap. You see what I mean? Yeah. And other ones, uh, people have dropped it on the, on the floor and it, and it didn't break. Well, let's look at the carboy period. Uh, it's very inconsistent. You, the yeah. Mexican glass. Uh, What's that supposed to mean? Well, what are you getting at? The period. They're cheap. The Mexicans or the yeah, glass? The glass. Oh. Uh, it's very inconsistent. They got bubbles here, bubbles there. They're thin yeah. in some spots. Thick and you other. can see that. Every, every carboy is different. And yeah. I bet I could take 10 carboys and do a test. And some would take 50 pounds and yeah. some would take 10 and blow. See, that's why I'm saying don't it's, do it, it at all. It's, it's not, it's not <laughs> safe to cap Not it. even a couple pounds. No. 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 But if uh, there's, uh, there's a way <laughs> <All> to... Um, <laughs> Sully's like, because I'm in my brewery. I don't care what they do. You're like, no, no, no. (laughs) You're insane. You're crazy talk, man. Sully's like, try it. I want to see the pictures. I I don't really care about Sully. He'll lose an eye. What do I care? (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to be around for that. But uh, actually, if you if you want to put it, you can ferment in a carboy pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, you 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 ferment in the put it in the carboy and in the carboy, but in a a, a corny, and put in your your keg. And you just put it uh, on the gas tube, and you, you put the airlock on the gas tube. Then you can just close that off. You can put a hundred so dry hop in the corny. Dry hop in the corny. That's a good I, idea. You can rack into the corny. Yeah, while it's fermenting. While, while it's still fermenting, you're down to about the last twenty percent. Put it in the corny, and if and then dry hop into that, and then cap it off in that. That corny will easily hold two hundred pounds. That's a pressure. great idea. And you can you can pull it off that way. It's a nice way to do it. Uh, I've done it a couple of times. Uh, you can use just the uh, the gas blow off connect, the gray one, and put it a uh, little tube out the end, and then put that on a, a bubbler that'll work, and then just pull that off, and it'll cap it. Yeah. And it won't. And when you put when you put the dry hops in there, uh, it won't blow it off. You just seal that off, and you won't 
explode your carboy that way because you won't be in the You want to cap it. The whole point is to cap it. And, and he's out. talking about capping in the last 10%. So if you're at 1020 and you're expecting to get down to 1015, 1014, do it then. Rack it over, rack it off the, the crap, uh, put it on some dry hops and, and do it in your corny. Now, Mitch, is the reason why, I mean, I'm kind of interested in what you do versus what I do. Hold on a sec, Sully. We're going to have to come back and do this. Uh, having a couple stream errors. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now to log on to the low band uh, bandwidth stream. I'm going to take a break and try to fix it because I can see that it's on our end. It's not our, our server this time. So let me take a break and uh, well, let me fix the problem here. And when we come back, we'll keep talking about this dry hopping with uh, Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company. You can go to stonebrew.com. And also we'll be registering some people to uh, win a new conical fermenter courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries. Hang in there. I'll fix this streaming deal. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Okay, Brewcaster D again. Clue number two. Dieser ist nicht in seiner Jugend. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. All right, we're going to try this again, folks. I do apologize. If you're just tuning in, I do suggest that you go over to our low bandwidth stream. we got both a high and a low there on the home page, and uh, the low might help. Uh, Justin's it, going low. <laughs> I'm saying go low. Uh, it does appear to be on our side, at least our uh, Internet carrier, uh, for that matter, is, I don't know, they sort of at random reduce our bandwidth, and... Yes, I paid the bill, Doc. Uh, <laughs> I always ask that. Yeah, you just never know uh, when you, you know, one day we'll have one of those big old uh, DS3 lines or something like that. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> DS3. That, that we could broadcast, like, higher quality than satellite or something. Okay, I'm going to ask, yeah. what would that take? Uh, don't ask. A few thousand bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> or, or a lot of help from our listeners. Yeah, well, even a T1 line would actually do it, but a T1 line's around 600 bucks a month or something like that, and let's just not get ahead of ourselves here. That's insane. I get one uh, to work. It happens rarely. Yeah. I don't need it. It happens I got very occasionally. We're going to start broadcasting from the dental offices of Dr. Scott Law. probably could. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we appear to be working now, though. Um, I, I, I kind of reset everything, and it seems to be going fine. So I do apologize if you're having trouble. Uh, again, go to the low bandwidth. Uh, for your sakes, I'm going to postpone just for a few minutes our first registration for the Conical giveaway because I want everyone to have time to get logged back on and uh, back in the chat room and, and all that business. So, um, yeah, our apologies. We still have Mitch Steele here. He doesn't care, and he didn't leave because he had a chance to pound uh, another, <laughs> another brew, and uh, he's ready. To, to get back in action. Exactly. Let's talk beer with Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, do you want to talk beer? Yeah. You doing all right over there, Mitch? Doing great. Okay. Sorry about all that fiasco, but we're back in action. So. I would say Absolutely. these beers are very big uh, <laughs> from Stone, and I, I don't know if you've paid attention at home, but uh, we're Boy, about an hour and a few minutes into the show here, and Doc is slurring a little bit. <laughs> only wait, a little bit. Wait till the end. The slur detection. <laughs> yes. You guys brought a lot of Stone beer for us, and I appreciate yes, that. Yes, they did. Thanks very much. Awesome beer. I think we're all going to get worse. 
Okay, uh, barring questions coming in about our previous topic, I'm going to go ahead and move us on from hops, if that's okay. I think we kind of wrapped it up there at the end, and we'll do more talking about stone beer, so we'll probably get back to hops with that. Uh, 888-401-BEER is the hotline. You can give us a call, ask Mitch questions yourself, or you can go into the chat room and hand them over to Daniela. I'm not going to recommend using Skype right now, because I don't think we have the bandwidth to uh, cover it. So don't call me. Don't type to me. We'll call you. Leave me alone. And uh, <laughs> we'll be able to Don't call uh, me. <laughs> we'll be able to get on with this. Okay, so we did some talking about stone beers, and I want to get back into those. But I do want to transition now about Mitch's move uh, from Budweiser. And as we said in the beginning of the show, Mitch uh, worked for Bud for uh, fourteen years. Yeah, fourteen, which is uh, it's a long time at the dark side, my yes, friend. It is. <laughs> um, we're happy to see you now over with us. But uh, in our interview earlier today on the other show, you were saying that you actually worked for a craft brewery even before Bud. Yeah, I worked for a small brew pub down in Hollister, California called San Andreas. Oh, okay. I did that for four years before I went to Anheuser-Busch. Is San Andreas still around? Uh, yes, not really. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. Are they? They kind of are. On a small um, scale? You know, I'm, I'm still a stockholder there, and I just got a note that the, the president is ready to give it up. And Ah, uh, yeah. time for you to buy it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have some cash, you know, maybe. But uh. So you got the email that says, uh, here's your stock. It's not worth anything? Um, no, not quite that bad. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they closed up the restaurant brewery. Uh, they had a pub brewery down in Hollywood. And they closed that up about a year ago, and it's now a uh, sushi restaurant. Hollister's not a real big hub. No, we were trying to make it one, but it didn't really happen. Good effort, though. (laughs) How long were you there? I was there for four years. You were? Okay. And was that your first brewing gig then? You went from home brewer to San Andreas? Yeah, um, that was my first professional gig. I I studied brewing science in college. Where'd you go to school? I went to Cal Davis. You did? Yeah, I did the undergraduate program there, and... Uh, winemaking and brewing science, and I got a job at, uh, it, uh, with Almond and Vineyards, which was located, they had two wineries down in Hollister area, and I was working with them when, um, when I started working at San Andreas. Okay. Nice. A lot of people talk about the Davis program. Um, I guess you're one of the success stories, too. Like, a, you, you'd say, well worth the uh, effort and the money? Yeah, for me, it was a great experience, you know, and I think, uh, I, um, I studied under Dr. Michael Lewis, who a lot of people know, and I I think the world of him. I think he's uh, one of the the best beer educators in the world. Wow. Uh, uh, Charlie Banforth is there now, and I think he's great too. But, okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a great experience for me. I really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a four year program for you there. Yeah, I did a I I've got a bachelor of science in fermentation science, so uh, okay. the brewing science program was just a part of that. Okay. And uh, is it a pretty easy question? Are you just like us to say that you just really got into home brewing and good beer and decided that's what you wanted to do for a living? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were you were you married at the time that you made that decision? Um, no. You weren't married? No, I was not. You're single? Yeah. So it was an easy decision to make. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, I, uh, I, I got married when I was working for Anheuser-Busch. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. It wasn't one of, uh, Augie's, uh, wives. No. Okay. no. <laughs> what? Wives? Like, you would just hand them out like a can of... You didn't know that B-D-D-E? about Augie? Yeah. yeah. That's right. At, at Budweiser, uh, they don't give out Christmas bonuses. They, they give out wives. Yeah. No, I was already we spoken for. think it would be for, best so. if you were married to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, it's a control thing is what it is. It would be like a... Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. This is Augie. You will marry one of my wives. <laughs> 
and it will be good. See, and that's why I realized I had to leave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that happens at year 15. You were only there at year 14. <laughs> Is it true that um, that everybody who's at Budweiser has, like, a earpiece embedded in their ear so that at any time Augie can send his messages? Uh, you know, not on the brewing side so much, on the marketing side, maybe. Maybe so out there. Yeah. Does he start the brew day with a bell? No. Every day? <laughs> clang, 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 clang. No, it's a buzzer. Okay. <laughs> it's more of a buzzer. <laughs> All right. So you, you uh, then moved on from uh, San Andreas Brewing Company and uh, went to Budweiser for, for 14 years. Yeah. Uh, one position, or did you go in as one and kept moving up? What happened there? Yeah, I kept moving up. I, um, I, I went to Fort Collins, Colorado, and I was a brewing supervisor, which is uh, probably the toughest job at, at Anheuser-Busch. What you're is work, it? You're working... Um, Seven days at a time, you're working odd shifts, working weekends, working holidays, and you're basically the frontline supervisor or the foreman for the brewing staff, which is all Teamsters, and ah. uh, you're you're a frontline manager, and it's tough. Cat okay. of nine tails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because what it is is basically you're like uh, the guys that are brewing on the floor. Like you think about uh, pub brewers, micro brewers, you know, brewers like yourself, myself, uh, even even home brewers. They're like involved in all aspects of brewing. But these are guys, I mean, not to put them down, but it's kind of like an assembly line job in a lot of ways. And you just kind of go to work and you do your thing. In some ways, yeah. I mean, I was, uh, as a supervisor, I'm more of a planner and a scheduler mm-hmm. and making sure things happen when they're supposed to happen. And uh, the, the Teamsters are the ones that push the button. And start the process and and do frontline monitoring of the process, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's big industrial. That's yeah. what I, I gathered a lot was uh, when you get into that big a thing, it's kind of like you have one job, you do what you do, and uh, you don't know what malt does, you don't know what hops does, you make the beer flow through this tube, and you call the brewer, unless you start moving up like you did, and you you're. Supervising this and that, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in that plant. Yeah, that's true. I think you know. I think the one thing though to to comment on your, uh, you know, to make a comment on what you just said is is that Anheuser Busch provides a lot of ways for you to learn about hops and malt if you're interested and if you really want to learn about that stuff. It, they're very big on on educating their staff. So if you have the interest and you want to do it, they they offer a one week brewing school, a three week brewing school, a malting class, uh, a class on hops. Uh, an engineering class, and and so if you're interested and you're doing a good job and you get sent to these classes, you can learn a, a ton. That's, that's a good wow, deal, that's actually. Awesome, that's, actually. Oh yeah. Well, and you you got to assume that a company that that's successful in brewing is going to invest back in their employees oh, like definitely. that. So Absolutely. that's a, that's a really a good yeah. plan to uh, to do that. Oh, yeah. I've always said, you know, we always poo poo the big guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it takes so much time, effort, energy, and intelligence to get the same brew out. Every time, right. yeah. and the fact that what they're brewing, they're brewing a pale American lager, which is yep. flavorless and flawless. Well, no, it's flavorless and flawless. <laughs> uh, there's nothing. There's nothing to hide behind. Uh, you, if you sure, ever if there's to, any off flavors, if you've ever tried to brew one of these, yeah, it's, no, it's tough. the hardest beer to it's make. Tough. And yeah. are the hardest beers to make. That's kind of where I, I, I kind of. Go to the one thing I always respected about working for Anheuser Busch was the fact that we based all of our decisions based on recipe adjustments and things like that on taste. 
Right. And we had taste panels that, that met every day in the breweries, and there was what they called a key taster panel that was made up of vice presidents and directors and things like that that met every week, and they tasted Budweiser from every single brewery and judged them against each other. Hmm. And if your beer wasn't up to snuff, you made adjustments, and you, you, right. you, you got looking. And, now, that's and what I've heard, actually, is that it, not maybe part of that tasting panel, but I've heard that there's a, a, a select few that can tell exactly what – what, what Budweiser came from what plant? Is that I th- true? I think, it, you know, back 10 years ago, maybe that was the yeah. case that, right. that, you know, Fairfield or Merrimack or wherever had, you know, certain taste based because the different breweries had different styles of fermenters and things like that. Or but the different water, it, everything. Yeah, different water, um, you know, all sorts of things. And I think as time went on, you know, it, you know, obviously when in, in a company like Anheuser-Busch, when you see that, you try to fix it, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I left Anheuser-Busch, it was very difficult to tell from one But could you as a brewer yeah. there, could you, if somebody gave you like a, a bottle from Fairfield versus St. Louis, I mean, could you say like, you know what, I can kind of tell a little bit of difference? I could tell differences, but I couldn't pinpoint it to the brewery. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I, bet, I bet if you, uh, you know, side by side, you could even, you know, everybody could do the side by side. There's a difference yeah, here. Yeah, it's so but hard. If you pulled one level. out of a liquor store, you couldn't probably tell the difference. But I always wonder, you know, if you're going to have a panel of people, people tasting, uh, just get a panel of like Pittsburgh Steeler fans <laughs> and say that, that ain't my Budweiser. Yeah, you know, they know they're Bud. But the thing is, and the philosophy was that if if our best tasters could taste a difference, yeah. then we would get it fixed before it got out to the point where somebody well, buying really? it in the market. And, and could how? Taste it. Let me when, when you when you're doing your Budweiser, it's uh, you. Your idea is the fan the fans of the Budweiser just they want to have their beer taste like their beer. Exactly. Because they're, they're, it's, it's fan appreciation, and that's what they want. So if you got to that point where it wasn't it, that, that your tasters could tell the difference, and the, so the beer's already made, do you correct that beer, or do you dump that batch and start fresh? Well, I, I can tell you that no beer ever got to the point where, you know, in one of those taste panels, it was something that you would dump. It's a blending it, it's, thing. Yeah. It's just something that, you know, it, we would send out uh, – uh, what they called a weekly package, and you'd send it to St. Louis, and if they noticed something that was a little bit different about it, they'd report back to you, and then you'd start searching to try and find possible causes and fix them. Uh, I see. Okay. But, but wow. it, they're going to make good beer no matter what. It's all. Sure. It's a matter of consistency, yeah. and that's what their whole product line is. But yeah. when, when Bubba says my Budweiser doesn't taste like Budweiser anymore, they changed it on me. Yeah. They yeah. don't want that. They want uh, these guys to be. You know, right on with their beer. They don't want to change them to Coors. They want to stay with sure. their Budweiser, and so they blend. And yeah, I'm just curious about that process because I'm. Uh, that, that's only, what I'm warning about is how you're fixing things when you get that problem. You here. can only blend so much per plant. Yeah, uh, they're not going to send beer from Milwaukee over to to Fairfield over here. Sure, and, and try to blend. No, of course it. not. But uh, what did you guys do when you, you got know, to that point? You know, we would we would look at two things. We would look at you know at, at all of our beers coming off the lagering cellar. And we would taste those before we ran them to the filter, and we would okay. determine blends before then. So you'd look at, we'd look at number one, we'd look at taste, and number two, we'd also look at uh, like IBU analysis of the beer while as it was lagering. Okay, and we'd try to blend for IBU so that the beer all had the same bitterness. And, I see. You know, and anything else, you know, there were a lot of analyticals that we looked right. at at Anheuser Busch. And so you've got a, a, a certain number of batches that are all kind of ready, uh, or all at the same point, and exactly. you're blending. Let's say there's three of 
of them, and you're blending those three together to get one consistent. Exactly. Something. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They, they've got the most smoking lab in oh, the I world. Bet. Yeah, they must. Uh, <laughs> oh, they've got guys just in the lab. Yeah. How cool is that, Mitch? Uh, the whole lab part of of, uh, of a big brewery like that. It's awesome. I yeah. mean, you can you can ask for anything. You know, if yeah. you if you want to know what IBUs are and your bitterness, you know, four days into the fermentation, you can find out. You know, that is cool. It's, That's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, dudes, yeah. where am I in this? Yeah, and the the guys in the white coat just spit it right back. Yeah. That's their yeah, job. So that's fantastic. And do you use yeah. that uh, for predictability too? Would you go with you know say a sample of your wort and they can tell you what's going to be happening? Oh, absolutely. Next? Really? Yeah, we would run um, IBUs on our wort. We'd run fermentability tests on our wort, and we knew right away. And that way, we could if we saw some differences, we could fix it before it became a major issue. Yeah, yeah. You stop yeah. the fermentation and, uh, or whatever you need to do. Yeah. How much ass kicking does Augie do, or or Augie's <laughs> minions, when you know if some a new guy or or just something goes wrong on a big batch of beer, uh, you know what happens it, then? It was never pretty, you know. It's yeah. uh, you never wanted to be at that point, and that was one of the things that I think we did. Uh, you know, we always operated under that that kind of guideline. You know, that you don't want to be on the wrong end of that that sure. kind of an ass chewing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. You know, it's that when you get released from prison, that that yeah. big gate slams behind you. Uh, Mitch, could you please come up to Augie's office? Uh, we're gonna need to talk to you. You know, something I got oh, one of those no. phone calls once, and and your stomach falls right through. Out of your body, you know. Uh, it's no, just I, awful. I'm, I'm, I, I always trick myself into thinking he's going to congratulate me. I'm going up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Mitch, <laughs> it's been five seconds since our last announcement. Don't make me say it again. Get your ass to Augie's office. I'll be right up, sir. <laughs> yeah. And Augie, that's, that's Mitch in Augie's office, right? That's, Augie, that's yeah. Mitch's Hello. balls pulling up. What can I do? It's Augie is in the building. <laughs> Augie's in the building, and he'd like to see Mitch yeah. now. Uh, that's scary. never good. It is scary. Uh, Yo, Augie wants to see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's never that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get more into that later because that's fun. <laughs> well, I got, I got a quick question. Um, so you always hear stories about how Anheuser-Busch changes their recipes over the years, how they kind of like they've kind of maybe they the, they lower the bitterness or raise it up. So what I mean, I don't I don't know if you've signed any sort of non-disclosure agreements. You can't talk about it right now, but uh, it, it, there's always this this the, there's these stories out there that are sort of in, out there they're floated out there that maybe AB has changed the recipe over the years, maybe even from a long time ago to now, making beer less bitter, more bitter, less mo- you know. What? Nobody's listening to this. Right? Yeah, nobody's listening, so I can say whatever sure. I want. But uh, they refuse. No, to I, I know there's, there's always been you know a little bit of drift and a little bit of cycling. You know, with with things like IBU levels and things like that. I mean, not not significant, but you know, once again, it was all based on taste. You know, and yeah. and, and you know, I've had some really good Budweiser, and then. The next year was it really wasn't so good. <laughs> See, I think any fluctuations like that, uh, I'm actually, I, I say, uh, we say a lot of things about Budweiser, and, and by the way, there's three big brewing companies. People, obviously, it's just that Bud's the biggest one, so they kind of, people go after them quite a bit. But any of that 
changing in recipe? Because I've read some about that. I've read a couple unauthorized biographies and things like that because they're not too keen on the authorized biographies. <laughs> um, but it's really consumerism at work too. So yeah. if they're if they're research groups, which they can afford to uh, to hold, uh, whereas you know Stone's research group is uh, is the beer good? Yeah, sweet. Let's put it. You know, and, and a lot of craft breweries are like that, which is yeah. which is which is a beautiful thing about craft beer. But uh, so if their research groups are saying that people are tending toward a little more hop bite over uh, over the next uh, you know marketing year or the next five year plan, then changing of that recipe is just consumerism, isn't it? I you know I t- I think so, and and I think you got to kind of follow what people are drinking, and if people are yeah. coming back and telling you the beer's too bitter or it's not bitter enough, yeah. And there's a lot of ways to gauge that. You know, there's uh, you know just based on general trends in the industry or based on focus groups or whatever. You know, whatever yeah. the big companies use. You, you like have a focus group in like Kazakhstan or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we <Yeah. laughs> we think it's too bitter. Yeah, we yeah. think there's too much alcohol. <laughs> the, the fact that they can do that on that kind of that's what scale that's is what just. Phenomenal. And just tweak it just enough and keep um, their product consistent. It's just amazing. Yeah, and I think that's the key is is the beer is still the same. You know, it's still... Budweiser or whatever the beer right. is, you know, it may be, you know, there may be a little little drift one way or the other, but it's still still the same beer. And it it's just the consistency is just amazing. Now yeah. I'm kind of curious, like what would but what did Budweiser taste like, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Yeah, I don't. And know. And how does it taste now? I, I mean, remember it 40, like... 50 years ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 40 so, years ago, I remember that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to recommend. I've not read it, but I've read excerpts from it. Maureen Ogle yeah, has this I just new book out, that book, yeah. and and apparently it has some surprising and really great truths about the American beer industry and how it went with the big beer companies. And even in the unauthorized stuff that I've read, I've, I've kind of understood this too. And the beer, when it started, was a different kind of beer. And a lot of people think, oh, so here's this behemoth, uh, you know, forcing tasteless pale beer on us. But uh, according to Maureen in her book, in the excerpts that I've read, uh, there's no forcing whatsoever. Budweiser responded to uh, to market trends. They responded to what people wanted to drink. Um, and I think everybody knows that the, the 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 three big beer companies they put out beer that is the least offensive to the most amount of people, yeah. and that's an easy equation. That's how you make money, and yeah, that's an easy <laughs> equation. And, and maybe it's not the best business ideal, but it is a good equation to sell beer. And it wasn't necessarily Anheuser Busch's decision that their beer would be uh, not as full bodied as its German uh, counterpart. You know. It just ended up being that that's what they could stay in business yeah. with when breweries were going out of business, you know. So it's not this, e- you know, sort of evil behemoth kind of. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, at some of their product line, you look at something like Michelob, which is more traditional German, and it doesn't sell. Yeah. Well, you do know? you remember? Yeah, Pacific- yeah that's absolutely you right. It's because the girls' Ridge. boobs aren't as big. So. I remember Pacific Ridge. I, I actually helped brew that Did beer. You help Did brew you really? That? Yeah. Uh, if, if anybody that's doesn't remember Pacific right Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did a side by side taste test with Pacific Ridge Sierra. and uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah, yeah that's it must have been nineteen ninety three. Okay, probably. And results? Uh, uh, pff, damn, you've chose Pacific Ridge. It, it was, it was I nice. did this. You know, uh, I got to yeah. tell you, Doc. I did exactly the same thing. And I, I mean, obviously that beer was designed to go after the Sierra Nevada market. I mean, Sierra Nevada, Pacific Ridge, same name basically. Yeah. And but it was hoppier. Uh, it was more aromatic, and, and from 50, uh, 50%, 50 cents cheaper per six pack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Uh, it, it I'll had, take it. It, it had I'm um, on it. <laughs> the, the the logo on the six pack was like. 
pine trees. Yeah, it was, it was the same bottle design, it was, it was, practically. Exactly. Well, Mitch, you could probably talk more. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> He's and like the guy that's brewing it. Nobody yeah, you knew tell us that, about oh, it. Yeah. You guys are doing so, fine. Anheuser-Busch <laughs> put that out, and it was just amazing. Yeah. Tell us about that. So it was all hop oil and a few brewed with it. No, it was undiluted. It was Budweiser with a little coloring, right? Yeah. It was it was very authentic, you know, and and one of the things, you know, when we were doing new products, uh, a lot of times the, the wholesalers in a particular region would say, "We need a beer that that tastes like this, or that that has this kind of flavor," and and that's kind of where Pacific Ridge came from because a lot of our our people in California were asking for something that had some hop character in it, and none of our specialty beers at the time, you know, we were doing American Originals, which were based on. Pre-prohibition beers right, that yeah. Anheuser Busch did, dark mm. and things you know, like and it, nothing really had that really intense hop character. So, you know, we we were asked to do something by a lot of the people in California, and, and they wanted something that was going to compete with Sierra Nevada, and that's what they asked us to brew, and that's what we tried to brew. And I think we did a pretty good job with it. We worked really hard at it. You know, the folks up in the Fairfield Brewery were really into it. And I came out from St. Louis, and we tried a lot of different ways of hopping. And we were using hop plugs and late hop additions. And we couldn't hop in the Whirlpool like we do at Stone because our Whirlpool in Anheuser-Busch wasn't set up to deal with it. Ah. Uh, we had a hop strainer in between the the kettle and the Whirlpool, so we had to add the hops in the kettle. I see. Uh, to, and so we were playing with all sorts of different types of hop additions, and then we ended up dry hopping the beer which I know Sierra Nevada doesn't do with their pale ale, but that's what we had to do to get the hopper. What about oils? Did you use oils at all? No, it oils. was all really? whole hops. That's what I always thought. Nice. All I, whole hops. I wasn't told that a lot of uh, myths. AB made this beer yeah. until after I was all done. And I actually, I did it at the Brewers Guild. And when I was taking classes up there at the Brewers Guild, mm. and they it was a, as a blind taint, taste testing. And it was like, I was amazed. Yeah, good beer. It, it was really nice. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move on to Stone Beers. Uh, people are kind of wanting us to move on to Stone too. Mitch, you got to understand that uh, uh, we have been, you know, you're sort of an insight into yeah, a, totally a, a big mystery. <laughs> so I don't, I certainly don't mean to take away anything from from Stone Beers. We did in the beginning of our show history. Uh, taught we were talking to Budweiser for a while about coming on and doing the show, and they communicated with us for for quite a long route. It went back and forth and back and forth, and it got to the point where we were about to schedule a date with a Budweiser uh, brewer or executive that was going to come and do the show. Uh, Like, we had gotten that far... And then we just got this email after that, like it was, it really was, okay, let's work on a date. And the next thing that came through was, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Oh. And it turned, and I think what happened was, um, they heard the show. They heard the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it, cause in the show, we never, we don't lie, we, we don't hold back, but we also were, you know, of all the things that we were saying that we didn't like, we would always try to talk about the things we did, which is what Doc has been saying here today and how great the brewers are and how, how respected the brew process is. So we did try to do that and we really tried to make Budweiser feel comfortable that we didn't want them to sit in here and, and have us bash them no. that or, was or, never or, our intention no. yeah. or because defend, defend where they are especially if it was a brewer we would never uh, I mean I've, you can you actually you can tell from parts of this interview that we're not sitting here saying Mitch you evil bastard <laughs> uh, we're really we're just so curious about this sort of uh, brewing giant so um, now I'm going to get us on to stone beers and we might come back Great. to Bud here at the end just to, just to uh, get a couple other questions answered before I do I uh, one quick question about Bud that came through from the chat room. I want to make sure we get answered. If you can, uh, they just want to know what hops are used in Bud. A lot of different hops. There, Is that- there are. I remember ten to fifteen, maybe varieties of hops used in Budweiser. Um, one of the primary hops was Willamette. 
Okay. And, and Anheuser-Busch always liked Willamette because it's fairly neutral in hop character. And the one thing about Budweiser, the way that, uh, Anheuser-Busch approached hopping Budweiser is they always used a lot of different varieties. And that was, goes back to the consistency thing. So there were 10 to, 10 to 14 varieties used in Budweiser. Wow. And the reason that was is as you go through a crop year change and you start getting a new crop of hops in, the flavor of that hop could change and could impact the beer flavor. And so if you're using a lot of different varieties, you can kind of uh, mute that a little bit and and keep that same hop character, you know, which is not, you know, admittedly is not very much. But in Budweiser, you don't want any one particular hop to stand out. Makes sense. They don't want that whole sort of offensive hoppy thing. Well, quote unquote offensive right. uh, hoppy. Or, That's or, not what Budweiser yeah. ever was. Inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate your uh, forthrightness about all the Bud stuff, sure. actually. And I think everybody does, because like I yeah, said, you're, awesome. you are a window for us into something <laughs> that we never get to ask. It's so. funny, because cool. Doc and I are looking at him like, you know, it's like we're grilling him, like you turn the yeah. hot light. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. and when do they insert the chip into your brain? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get back to just making fun of Augie by the end of the show. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> we'll do that. Then. Okay. We're going to talk more about Stone, and we're going to find out about, uh, I'm real curious about the um, uh, the Oaked Arrogant Bastards. We're going to talk a little bit about that and then some of the other beers, too. These beers are awesome. i got to do a, uh, a contest real quick, though. Yes. Uh, it's time to uh, for us to get into uh, giving our first registrant. Uh, it'll be the first time of the entire contest, which is going to run for yeah. five weeks. And then on the sixth week, uh, we'll be giving away two conical fermenters. It's the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. And the seventh uh, week, we rest. And the seventh week, we do. We rest. That's actually exactly right. Uh, we brew. Brought to you by Beer, Beer, and More Beer at morebeer.com. And HCA Industries, uh, who make wiring harnesses and cabling. Uh, they're one of the leaders in the industry. You can check them out at H-C-A-I-N-D, hcaindustries.com. Uh, so go check that out. And uh, that makes for two <laughs> conical fermenters. Before I give you the rules of this first registration that we're about to do, I need to read the rules of the game. It's all about rules, baby. It's very important. Well, rules. because that it's a bit, the stakes are high. I mean, people are real stoked about getting a, a conical fermenter that they could never budget into their homebrew deal themselves. And no, it's more about there's two Germans in the room. <laughs> and there's two Germans in the room. So we got to make sure that we get the rules out. I don't want anybody to um, uh, you know, think that we're not planning this Crying their beer. Doing it as fair as we possibly can. So here Man. is how uh, you will register, and there's going to be several uh, different ways, uh, specific ways. We're, we're going to change them each week. But in general, we're starting them a lot. Starting with today, okay. uh, uh, the fifth uh, through December 10th, will be the last. We'll register people on December 10th as well. That will be the last 10th. day to register, December 10th. 10. BN listeners can qualify for the big battle of the BN Conical Christmas uh, Show giveaway, which will be the show on December 17th. We have to come up with the big. Big better better name for that. Uh, I like the big. I like the BN Conical Christmas. I think. So that's do awesome. I. No, no I kind of do too. The, the battle. The show. The, the, battle, oh, the battle. The battle. Like the actual Sunday, show. Sunday. 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 Exactly. I want. I want to have something. Sunday. <laughs> Sunday. We got a big battle crown. I think that's like a. a, a Get Push and Sven on that. To do something. Yeah. They, they yeah. are actually, I'm going to talk to uh, Push about doing some uh, promos for us. But that's, oh, that, uh, so we'll awesome. be giving away the Conicles on December 17th. You will register uh, from now, uh, starting today, until December 10th. That will be our last registration. We do miss one show in that period. There's no show on November 26th. Okay, that's our Thanksgiving weekend and we're back east. So uh, yeah. that gives you five yeah. weeks of shows, five different shows to register. All right? Each Sunday, here are the registration options that are available. Two listeners will be registered 
per live broadcast. No so mind. we're about to do one of the registrations here in just a couple minutes. We'll do another one at the end of the show. That's two people per week. One listener from the archives. So that will be five archive listeners will end up registering after the five weeks. Just one listener from the archives each week. I know what you're saying. Why do the live listeners get to, uh, more opportunity? We like them more. <laughs> no, they don't. That's what uh, I tell my kids. Because there's a third way. <laughs> In addition to these two ways, and everybody qualifies for this, whether you're a podcast listener or a live listener, we're going to do a whole separate competition, and that is going to be Name Our Show. The Brewcast Sunday Show doesn't have an official name. It, it changes doesn't. all the time. Sometimes it's the Sunday Live Show. Sometimes it's the Sunday Brewcast. Sometimes Some it's Oktoberfest. Sometimes it's Oktoberfest. Sometimes people call it the Brewcasters. <laughs> We've never had an official name for the Sunday Show, and we'd like to, and we would like you folks to name it. So here's what you're going to do for that part of the competition. Anybody can enter themselves a name that they think should be the name for the Sunday show, and you're going to send that to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. Easy enough to remember. Send us your show name. Send us as many names as you want. What we're going to do is narrow it down to five finalists. There will be five names that we choose and uh, as the finalists, and then we'll pick one name. Each of the people who submitted the five that get chosen will also be registered to win the conical on the 17th. All right, so that actually ends up being two chances for you archivers to, to do it. So you got all that? Two listeners per live broadcast. I encourage you to listen live, call in the 800 number, uh, participate in the chat room, and that's how you're going to win. One listener from the archives each week, and I'll tell you what we're going to do for that this week. And then one li- uh, five people will register by sending in names for the Brewing Network show, okay? The Doc Sunday. Finally, on December 17th, <laughs> Like we that. will be doing a huge competition, uh, details to be determined uh, for who gets the conicals, all right? And there are two of them. Okay? Everybody got that? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> There's three channels to register, yes. and you just choose one where you're the best at. Or no, do them all. Or do them all do and them just all. try. Yes. So name our show, Listen several live, live shows, and the archive archive slash podcast. So... Dot caster. <laughs> double Bastard Sunday. So I'll tell you right now. Ooh. Oh, Double Bastard Sunday. <laughs> Archive listeners. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And I will put this in. There. There's going to be audio segments put into the archive of today's show that you live listeners don't hear. You'll have to listen to the archive. And what we're doing this wow. week is we're going to be giving five clues to a beer, the name of a beer. We're going to give away five clues, uh, and they will be plugged into the archive of this show. The first person to send in the correct answer to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com is the person is the archive listener who's going to who's going to be registered to win the conical for this week. All right, the email is time stamped, so first come first serve. I'm confused. Right? I know everyone's going to cry about the time difference but and everything that's just else. How it is? There's nothing I can do. I'm not the father. The faster time. you download that archive, the better. The better. All right. If you're worried about the competition in time zones, I suggest you listen live and try to register that way. All right. I thought you said they couldn't get it. Live, but they could get it archived. I have no idea what you're talking about. You said you said, <laughs> you said live, but, but you said not live, but archived. Yes. So that's how they're going to win. Right. If you're worried about that part of the competition, don't participate in that competition and listen live. Can instead. they participate all three ways? 
They can, although I would go ahead and say that... JP's not here, though. So. I would say Brewer's Code says if you listen live to the show, don't participate in the archive competition because you're not giving the people who are unable to listen live yeah. a fair chance. But I can't... I obviously can't police the world. I'm not Team America. And we don't want to. Uh, so if you're a live listener and you want to do the archive thing, that's your choice. My opinion would be... If you listen live, that's your chance to register. Let the archivers have If you that. listen live you know. once in a while, but you're mainly an archive guy, yeah, then then you're an archive and guy. And just try for the other competition name yeah. the show. Okay. So let's, let's, let's do, let's bre- do it. Let's, let's do Brewer's Code and make it fair. The first time to register right now, it's going to be a piece of cake. Sometimes it'll be complicated. Sometimes it'll be funny. Sometimes it'll be retarded. Uh, this first one <laughs> is real simple. Sometimes worse. <laughs> And Danielle, I want you to type this into the chat room simultaneously. Simultaneously. Uh, it's not that. Uh, don't look at me like that. It's not what you think. I want you to. Ch- it, we're doing the. Uh, just, just type what I say. Okay, that's what we do. Just type what I say. All right. Because people think, oh, I get the stream in one minute delay, and other people get the stream in two minute delays, and they cry about the fact that <laughs> there's a lot of crying in brewing. Stop apparently. crying. Are there, is there a lot of crying out there? So yeah. type this in as I say. To register right now <laughs> to win a conical from beer, beer, and more beer. How do you spell conical? Just do it in like shorthand. <laughs> Say cone. Conical. You need two. You. You ready? I'm ready. Call 888-401-BEER. Caller number nine wins. 888-401-BEER. Caller number nine is going to register for the conical giveaway. Let's make it happen. All right. Uh, 888-401- Mitch is on the phone, by the way. If you're calling me on Skype, hang up and call 888-401-BEER. Caller number nine will be registered in the conical giveaway uh, that's uh, coming up in December 17th. This is always the exciting part, and I find it hard to keep things together because I picture myself as being a listener, and I'd be so stoked about getting myself a conical. That I'd just be, I'd be Justin, jumping out of Justin, my seat right now. My BlackBerry doesn't have the letters on it. It doesn't? No. <laughs> For, uh, What's so you, beer and numbers? 2337 888 401 2337. That's me calling. <laughs> He's calling. Sorry, now. 888 401 Tell them what number they are. <laughs> and, yeah, you uh, should do that. The phone's ringing right now. How many is that right now so far? Five, uh, we're up to five. Caller number five just called in. Just so. keeping that redial, baby. Keep going, keep going. Ling, 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 ling. Six. So exciting. The phone's ringing off the hook. And Jesus. Everyone trying to get registered. Yeah. There will be a chance again at the sushi? end of the show for Daniela's somebody else. ears getting cauliflowered. <laughs> a lot of phone answers. Come on, come on, come on. So it's exciting, okay. actually. Yeah. Okay. What I was love that? The, you know what Daniela's doing in such like a German fashion too. Sorry, not and hanging up like you are lose, you are loser, sorry. you are loser. I'm sorry, you like I cut your legs off now. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, no. What do you tell them? It right looks now? like our next, next caller, caller. Here we go. It's gonna be the winner. Come I'll on, just give it come directly. Come on, come eight, on, come Here we go. Ring, 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 ring. Caller, who are we talking to? It's Bob. Ah! Oh, fuck Bob! You know I what? dismissed him personally. How many of the ten He's calls his way in? How many of the of the nine calls were Bob? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Wow, man, you're quick on that dial. But with his little fingers, he can dial so fast. The man is very quick. <laughs> He's got nothing else to do. Wow, they're insulting you, Bob. Wow. Hey, Bob, the kids are in bed, right? 
yes, the daughter's in bed. And you know what? They celebrate. Say hi to Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Good. He's like all eight lines going. Hey, Bub, you just registered to win a conical. Oh, I have a chubby the size of. Well, <laughs> <laughs> JP's not here right now. He's up. I'll tell you what. This is almost a blessing that Bub's out of the way now because once you're registered, you cannot register again. So, okay. so Bub's I now in the competition, and the phone lines and everything else will be open to all the other <laughs> listeners on the planet. Hey, Bub, Bub you're going to have to be present to win, so you're going to have to fly all the way out here again. Yeah, Dude, I think Wendy will actually let me come out for that. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, there's a couch for you. Congratulations, Boop. Yeah, congrats, Thank man. You very much. All right, you're our First really person, sorry. you're a first person to be registered. That's so awesome. uh, thanks yeah. to the sponsors, Brewing Network and H what CA Industries, HCA Industries and Beer, Beer and More Beer. You can yeah. thank them. You can send them emails and thank them too. That'd be nice. I shall. Okay, you're now registered. Uh, in total, I'll tell you guys right now, there's going to be 20 people registered to win this. 20. Thing. That's how we. Uh, that's to how we calculated it up. To win one. Uh, 20 people, and we have two to give away among. Oh, that's pretty good. Among odds. 20 one people. One in ten odds, baby. That's ten percent. That's right. So, yeah, Bub, uh, Bub, you're almost there, baby. Yeah, you're on your way, Bub. And we're going to register one more person tonight. Yeah, oh, okay. we're still going to register somebody else. All right, congratulations, Boob. All right. Right on, brother. Your, your bub flew all the way in for our anniversary show. Yeah. It's right. a 24-hour in and out. <laughs> he did. Uh, he deserves it. Uh, any of you think that uh, he's an employee and should be uh, excluded from the competition, you're wrong. Bub's not an employee. He donates a lot of nice time to us. He's and, a good man. Uh, and he's a good guy. He's just a listener like you are. So I'm uh, Actually, that's very cool that he got... Uh, uh, register. Danielle is still taking phone yes. calls now from people. Uh, caller number nine is done. Uh, that registration is over, but we will be doing another one at the end of the show, so hang in there. We're here with Stone Brewing Company. Mitch Steele is with us, and we're going to talk more about stone beers when we get back. And we're also going to register one more person for the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. You're tuned to the Brewcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah, but yeah. again, it just kind of, it really weakens the beer, though, in general, putting the lime yeah, in it. Yeah, and that's why. I mean, normally, you know, you take it, you shoot it back hard. Yeah. And it comes into your mouth, mm-hmm. and you swallow, and it's still coating your tongue. I'm <laughs> <laughs> on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Oh, oh, mm. There's no one in the room, right? All right. That's a really hard line. You wrote it. What's with the Abacast dream? God damn it. Oh, these are really hard. I'm just going to have to do this a bunch of times. Who wrote this shit? You know what? Go ahead and start me over. And just trash that trash that whole take. Hit that fucking whirlpool by Garosley. <gasps> Holy shit, I need some air. Damn, my yeast will not proof in my blah, 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 blah. <coughs> oh. oh my god, I'm so white. <laughs> okay. Proof and fucking boobs being rude and my kid pulled the back out to save that a whole lot faster. This whole chat room I want now Just in shit That's a lot of words 50G why don't you push eject me I'm screaming Gucci When D pushes me off the screen Ow I'm screaming Gucci When D pushes me off the screen Jum blah blah That's the end of that Then we're off into the pseudo chorus Shit I just got booted out of the chat room oh, I was so in the groove on the last one That was crap 
Holy shit, I just got booted out of the fucking chat room. Sweet <laughs> shit that likes life and big Damn, but you still not proof and I'm out of air. Doc's little voice in my ear screaming that I realize that I'm missing two whole bars of lyrics. Damn, my useful not proof and fucking boobs being rude, my kid. I, that one's impossible. Think I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. This is where it just goes falls apart. I don't know how this worked in my head. Motherfucker, drink! Drink! Oh, man, that's deep. Yeah, that always kind of irked me. That part's easy. It's how do I fit all that other crap in there? All right, that's probably good enough for now. Oh, that's funny. Is that you? Oh, that's me. Shit. I'm throwing down an angry rap song. Oh, what time is it? Probably within the next 20 minutes. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. Okay, running out of time. That's the gay version. Okay, don't even think about putting that on there. <laughs> This is just pathetic, isn't it? Look at the two jerk-offs. Bet I don't have, like, a good ripping fart right now or something. Wait. Uh, I'm actually touching cloth. Doc's little voice in my head screaming. Are you gonna burn me? Kill JP. It really sounds like I'm on the pot, doesn't it? I think it does. Oh, let's just defend. Take a crap. I'm out. I like your dog. Oh, did you cut? Did you cut the rip? Don't let me show you my dick. I like your dog. Maybe you come on see us. Maybe you come on see us. I like your dog. Alcohol is a fun continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. Alcohol is a fun continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. I'm empty. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I'm empty. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I like it though. What are we doing? And let everybody know what we're doing. Yeah. As soon as we know what we're doing. I like you so. Who's that on on again? Okay, good. Who's that on on again? Okay, good. I like you so. Maybe you can come on and see us. I like you so. I like you so. Don't let me show you my dip too. Don't let me show you my dip too. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? Uh, did you? Okay, people, listen up now. Clue number three is: Before work, Dr. Scott will do this to you. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me. What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. All right, 
Welcome back to the Stone Brew Show and the show where we're starting to register people to win in the Brewing Network's Conical Christmas. Bub is our first registrant. Which is really kind of funny. It is funny. Congratulations to Bub, and that just means we have to hear more of him on the air. I think we need a promo song. <laughs> it's a Conical Christmas or something. So Josh, Push I and Sven, get on top of that, would you? We need I, a, I hope they would. We need a promo song. It's probably already halfway through it right now. <laughs> All right, I will be doing another registration uh, toward the end of the show, so hang in there, folks. There will be another chance to win, and I'm going to tell you right now, I recommend you go into the chat room. Hit the chat now button right on our homepage. Uh, also, our phone number is 888-401-BEER if you want to call and ask uh, Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company. He's their new head brewer. If you want to ask any questions to him, you can use the 888-401-BEER number or also send those questions through in the chat room. I'm noticing Dave's not talking enough either. Dave, Dave and I had a chat earlier, and uh, lean all over here for the microphone. <laughs> I'll share this with you. Dave's going to cover all of our uh, distribution and where the beer is questions, and uh, and Mitch is going to cover our brewing questions. We set this all up if in advance. If there's a hole in the conversation, I'll jump in. Then you'll jump <laughs> right in. So far. You can flag us. <laughs> Now, one thing that I do want to announce, though, uh, that uh, I was I was reminded of, and this is actually a really cool thing. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, what are we talking? Seven p.m. here? Six p.m.? Seven. Seven p.m. tomorrow night at EJ Fair Brewing Company, right here in uh, Concord, California. Um, there's actually a Stone Beer Dinner going on. Stone and EJ. EJ it's Fair. both of the beers. Okay, so it's a Stone and EJ Fair combined dinner, and uh, the the food was cooked with with beers from both companies, and they're serving both uh, companies' beers. I don't know if they're cooked with the beers, but they are paired with the beers. Okay. So it's a five-course meal with five separate beers. Fantastic. Um, three of the beers are from Stone. Two of them are from AJ Fair. Cool. And one of those Stone beers, it's a keg of beer that is the first time that this is available in Stone, Northern California. Stone Pale Ale. See, I think that's uh, – I'm surprised by that, that Pale Ale – you haven't had that on, uh, on tap in other places we, up here. We don't open the markets with Stone Pale Ale because we have no preservatives in our beer. So without the alcohol and the hops, we kind of put the big ones in first. I see. So that if they stick around a little while, they're going to be fine? Well, they, they can last a little bit longer on a shelf than a pale ale can. Sure. Okay. Ah, that's, that's actually so good to know. Makes sense. But we're trying to get it up here, so this is the first first try. Okay. So if you haven't had Stone Pale Ale on tap and you live in our area, well, this is going to be your first opportunity to do it right and, there at EJ Fair tomorrow night. And they won't night. have it in a bottle either unless they bought it in Southern California. Okay. Uh, that's true to the marketing guy to make sure they have good product on the shelf. Yeah. That's actually a, a great way to do it. Nice work. Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. That was tough. I have a Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start talking about if brewing. that's your real name. <laughs> yeah. uh, first thing that people want to know, getting ourselves back into stone beers here, is how your job is different now, Mitch, that you're back at a craft brewery than it has been for the past 14 years. Well, you know, it's it's surprisingly similar. I think, uh, you know, day to day and, and coming into work every morning and and going through the mechanics of of managing a brewery, it's not a whole lot different. You got to make sure that you've got all the raw ingredients. You've got to make sure that you've got your hops, your malt. Um, I think the biggest difference that I see, uh, you know, let alone the the difference between going from a huge corporation to a small company, uh, is primarily the culture. And and the culture is all about just really great beer. And one of the things that really attracted me to Stone. Uh, you know, when they, when they posted their ad and I started talking with them was the fact that Stone is about promoting the craft brewing business as a whole, not just themselves. Yeah. And, and they're very into what everybody's doing and they're very, uh, you know, they're very into promoting, 
what other brewers are doing as far as making great beer. And I really, I really like that. I really thought that was very cool. And, you know, just a company that just embraced the whole craft brewing culture like Stone did, I thought was just fantastic. That is, uh, and I kind of feel the same way about the craft beer industry as a whole. But certain companies definitely more than others embrace everybody in the business. So, Dave, what's it take to get Stone out there? Um, we we well we know it uh, up here in Northern California, and that's that's kind of our our problem with being the BN is we're a Northern California based place. Yeah, and we've got just some awesome beers here. Uh, but we don't think about it. Like, what does it take to get it to twenty different states? Uh, that kind of stuff to get people to try that kind of California thing. Well, it's it's really just an education thing. I mean, people are coming around to enjoying everything better in life, whether it's food or whether it's wine and beers. Kind of the same thing. So people are slowly coming around to everything better. Beer is one of them. Yeah. On uh, Northern California, where I'm, I'm. I mean, it takes nothing to get the beer out there. It's tr- tell you the truth. If I could just get Mitch to brew more of it, I could sell more of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you hear uh, that, Mitch. But <laughs> but then he might work you right out of a job, Dave. Because you like you make it like by saying it's nothing. You're saying that like what I do up here is so easy. I just say have this great beer, and people say yes. Well, I have to show up and drink beer occasionally. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually thought about that, Dave. I was thinking about your job earlier today um, as I was driving out to the show and, and thinking of questions for the interview and things like that. And I'm going, Dave's got a sweet gig oh, because you work for a cool company. I really like Stone's uh, business philosophies. But you're also away from the company. You're up here. People tell me all the time, God, if you could brew beer, how cool of a job would that be? I'm like, brewers got to do a lot of work. Yeah. What you want to do is sell beer. That's the job. Like, what do you have to do? Do you just show up with samples? Well, yeah. Well, that's t- there's there's some stuff. Working with distributors is is not always pleasant. You try to motivate sales teams that don't necessarily want to sell your beer. Okay. But it's not bad at all. I mean, I talk about beer for a living. How bad is that? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not too bad. But you're hitting the streets though, like every day. Every day. Yeah. Every day. I'm out. I'm out every single day. I'm walking into places. I'm trying to keep the excitement up there. Yeah. And by the way, Daniela, Dave drives a Toyota Prius, the most economical car on the planet. I and it's okay. a, I, so I thought that was really cool at first, and then I started thinking about that too. Dave's like bald with a big foo. He's kind of like tough looking, and then he gets in his Prius. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, do, you sh- do you show up like it's uh, the accountant? I'm here with my Prius. Oh, my argument bastard. Here we are. Let me tell you why I drive a Prius. I've had the car for about three weeks now, and it's got 2,600 miles on it already. Yeah. So I do, that's the one downfall of this job. You do a lot of travel. A lot of driving. A lot of gas. But so. you're not, I'm sorry to sidetrack everyone. All of my listeners know how into the conser- uh, conserving the environment and stuff we are. So I'm going to sidetrack just for a second. How many miles per gallon are you getting? Like when you fill up a tank, how far are you going? Oh, I don't know. I've got, the computer says I'm getting like 47 miles per gallon right now. That's pretty awesome. That's you great. got on the truth why I bought this car. I, with my allowance I get for my mileage every month, yeah. I'm trying to hog as much of it as I possibly can for my pocket. Oh, nice. So I'm thinking, you know, they're going to pay me the same regardless of what yeah. I'm driving. I'm going to try to get as most as I can out of it. Dude, you're a smart man. <laughs> I, you know, it's craft brew industry. you got to make it. Yeah. He gets beer, too. Yeah. It's that, interesting because he's sitting next to Doc, who has the Hummer, who, who actually practically cut me off on the way you up the bump, You did not bump my Hummer with that damn Prius, yeah. did you? <laughs> what, was it, what would it have done? Now, even with you two fat guys in it from San Francisco to here, same guy, same gas mileage? 
Well, no, because I was trying to keep up with you. So you were going like A. That's the thing. went down a little? Well, you, you were talking cars now. That's the thing with the Prius. It's not that it gets better mileage. It's that yeah. you know what you're getting all the time. It says So it. you're constantly going, ooh, if I just let off a little bit, I can get right. more gas. Yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. It, it has nothing to do with the motor. old lady. I exactly. love that. I, I set my cruise control at 65 now. Yeah. I used to be doing 80. <laughs> Takes a real man for such a car, if you ask me. I'm comfortable. I, I agree, actually. I think, if, yeah. you know, you got to, especially what I if you got the whole look. If I drove as much. Just him. What? You know, I would probably drive one food. too. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. me, to be quite but honest, I don't. a guy in such a car is really hot. Yeah. That's hot. Well, a guy in go, like David. a Porsche or so, a guy in a big American truck. The entire chat room is buying Prius right now. <laughs> yeah, they're all like getting in line. Get a chat and, room. and they're shaving <laughs> their head. And too. they're shaving their head. They're putting the, the <laughs> yeah, hat because, on it for their because uh, avatar. You think, oh, that's hot. He's co- he's considerate. He takes care of the environment, and yeah, that's so he's hot. That's he can still be naughty and hot. What if I'm a forward thinker? Yeah. What if he's ugly and drives Doesn't a Prius? Doesn't matter. It's hot. So you're naughty and hot. Yeah. I go out with everybody who drives a Prius. <laughs> so you're saying that I can get laid more often concept. if I get a Prius. Absolutely, Sean. Excellent. Yeah. Sean, you got the truck thing like I do. It doesn't work, man. That's only one car. <laughs> Maybe not all chicks, but the girls like I am, they take that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Of course, once a week, can I the borrow your truck girls. when I'm hauling kegs all over the place? <laughs> there you go. What's going on with that? Right. I'm trying to get out of the business. I'm trying to make my distributors off. Yeah, to, th- to have them do it. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, they're sure. Paid to move beer. All right, so let's get back to beer then. I just <laughs> thought that was an interesting uh, segue there for a second. Uh, people had written in. Interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. I'll fill time. Uh, here we go. Good radio. People want to know why you guys went to twelve ounce bottles for the oaked arrogant bastard instead because it used to be you just had the three liter bottles right yeah we just had the three liter bottles i think it's kind of an experiment for us um i don't know the the entire reasons for it but i think it's something that you know it's for our fans and you know so people can get some oaked arrogant bastard and not have to wait until they have a nice party going before they can crack one open some more accessibility exactly you know and we'll see how it goes and we'll see how people respond to it so far the response has been incredibly positive really Yes. Uh, we, I love the beer. This is the first time I've had it. I know you guys, you guys have been doing it for a few years though, but this is the first time, uh, I've ever had it. Yeah, we've been, uh, I think it's been three years since we've been doing it. Okay. And while we're on it, uh, people want to know. time that Justin got wood. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, not the, maybe the second. Uh, people want to know though, uh, oak barrels or oak chips? Oak chips. Yeah? Oak that's chips, the deal? yes. Okay. And. So uh, how are you doing that? Are you passing it through like a, can you talk about it? Um, a little bit. It, what we're doing is we're 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 steeping the chips. In a, okay. In a fermenter or in in the secondary, okay. in the, secondary. the logger. Yes. And, and how long? That. A few days. So it's like a couple of days because yeah, chip, it's it's quick. See, I thought chip, you had to do a long time to get no chips. No, chips right? have a lot of surface chip. area. Yeah. Chip, chips yeah. are a problem where they have a lot of surface area and it's quick. Plus, yeah. if they're new chips, if they're not using like an old barrel. And you would, and he's got a commercial brew. He's got to move things through. Yeah. And he doesn't want to sit on oak chips for three weeks or oak cubes oh. for three weeks. Yeah, and we get we get new chips from a, a supplier up in the Napa Valley that supplies a lot of the wineries, and and we use those, and we use them once, and right. and that's it. And he, yeah. he he looks like a nice guy, but he's not going to babysit some barrel. Now, for, uh, we, six we, months. We have some barrels, you know, but it's not not for something like we're going to put it as a six pack. Exactly. You know? We have some. We do some barrel aging, but it's more for uh, more for our hardcore fans that come to the store or come to our restaurant or something like that. Yeah. You know, just a very small amount. Okay. 
So if home brewers want to use oak chips for their beer, is there some equation or some ratio? How do you figure out how much, how many chips to add, you know, for your batch? Did, was that a trial and error thing for yeah, you guys? Yeah, we, we did some, uh, bench top testing in our lab, you know, putting some wood and some, in some beer and, wood. and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. putting some chips, uh, oak chips in our beer and just, and seeing what was the right amount. Okay. And, um, so there's no golden rule. No, no, oh. not really. It depends on what, on how much wood flavor you want to have in the beer. One thing I've I've noticed is you know, do the wood chips, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it, it it will overpower your beer, quick, yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's what I. Think but about. it will fade too. Um, so when you like just thought you ruined your beer, lay it down for about four weeks and. Yeah, that's good advice. You you will have a lot longer. better beer. Let it age. Uh, okay. I, I I put oak chips and. Oh damn! I ruined that beer, and I put it down for uh, about four weeks, maybe five weeks, and it, it aged out. It 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 dropped, and it was like the most smoking beer ever. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. It so so like don't count it out if you thought you overdid it. Okay, all right. Well, and that's you can overdo it if you leave it on there. You know, leave it on for six months, kind of thing. You're, yeah, you're gonna overdo it. Well, what I like about yours because I've had the the too much of an oak, uh, the too much wood flavor in a beer. Um, yours is good because I, I like arrogant bastard anyway. Um, I can't drink a lot of arrogant bastard because I'm exactly the guy on the label that it's talking to, where I'm a it, where it's calling me a big pussy. I shouldn't be drinking it. Uh, so I can have like a glass of arrogant bastard and I'm down. I like it. Uh, the, the good, but I won't I won't have like four pints of it. The good thing about the oaked one. Is I don't know. You would think that it's adding even more flavor and making it more rich, but it doesn't necessarily. It kind of smooths it out. It really kind of makes it more palatable. I think. I even. think it was Greg, our CEO, actually joked. It's kind of like arrogant bastard in a tuxedo. That's a good. It's yeah. a good way to put it. It's a great way to describe it because it. It's all right. For one, and I'll just say to the listeners, if you haven't had it, but you should go get it. It's not a real strong oak flavor. It's not as if you're drinking a piece of oak. Not at all. But you do get a very very subtle. Uh, woody taste to it, and it really kind of smooths it out right over the palate. It's like any oak beer that I've ever had. It's like if I know I'm getting oak ahead of time, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But if you just surprise me, here, try this, and I'm going, whoa. <laughs> uh, but this one wouldn't too no, much have no, surprised no, you. And, and, and uh, he said, great, it's like it's in a, t- in a tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, it smooths it out. It's got some vanilla to it. And it it really mellows it out. It, it makes it presentable. Is there anything else added other than oak chips? No, it's just the oak. It's just it's that. standard arrogant bastard ale with with oak chips. And, and you know, it's amazing it, how much it does change the flavor and the whole the whole balance of the beer just totally shifts with that one ingredient. Okay. All right. So homebrewers, you guys can get oak chips at uh, any of the homebrew shops. They'll have them. And I guess the the rule they'll have um, set. I've bought them before. I did an IPA once with it. They'll have kind of set quantities for you that'll say you know this is for five gallons and right. that's for ten gallons. Right. But it sounds like what you guys are saying is definitely experiment with that and and see what what works best in the beer you're making. If you can do a ten gallon batch, split it. No oak. Oak. There you and go. And then the next time exactly. if you like the oak, do like oak for two weeks, oak for four weeks. Right. And, and try it that way. Okay. And you will come up with your signature beer that would, you would just like, oh, let's cool. go, let's go to this guy's house for beer. And then just to recap real quick, if you feel like you overdid it, just let it age. I would, if, yeah, if you're like, oh, God, I can't even drink this crap because <laughs> I, I've done that. I was like, oh, and I tried it two weeks and, Three weeks. Oh, I'll try it a little more. Try a little more. Try a little more. Yeah. And 
my favorite story is when I o- over oaked something, and I would tap it, tap it, tap it, and then when it got to be, damn, that's really nice. Yeah, I sat down for dinner. I'm I'm drinking one, and I go back to the tap. I'm gonna have another one. And it, it was good. Oh, it was all out. It was all out. Ah, so you couldn't age it anymore. I couldn't age it. It was done. See, I'm curious of your just a couple a day thing because, and and may, it must just have to do with the quantity of oak I added because uh, with mine, I had it in there for I think seven or eight days just on oak, maybe longer. Uh, anyway, it wasn't more than 10 days and I wasn't happy with the oak flavor I got. It wasn't enough and it was on an IPA so it was really kind of a hoppy beer anyway. Okay. Um, so maybe that kind of covered it but it really was just barely noticeable that there was any oak in there. I think there's a there's a few things that impact the the level of oak that you're going to get when you put put wood chips in a beer. Number one is the type of oak it is. Uh, you know, we're using American oak and the oak bastard. Uh, French oak is going to give you a much different, different, more mellow kind of flavor to it. Okay. Uh, the alcohol content is going to impact how much oak you extract out of the beer. If the beer is really alcohol, uh, high alcohol to begin with, you're going to extract probably more flavor to begin with. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, you know, if the wood has been used before or not. Okay. You know, the toast. Toast. The toast level of the oak. You know, you can get medium light, heavy toast, um, you know, all sorts of different things. There's a lot of options out there with oak that, that the winemakers all know all about. Right. And it's something that's a hell of a lot of fun to play with. Yeah. Actually, and uh, there probably would just be a fantastic resource, some of the wine people, to talk about the impact of oak because uh, they've been doing it a lot longer than the beer folks. Absolutely. You know? it, that That's the new upcoming thing is oak. Aged barrel aged yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, barrel aged in general. Yeah, but not and, necessarily. And, you know what barrel? Yeah. How long in the barrel? Yeah. What kind of barrel? You guys gonna do any of the? Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are starting to do these bourbon and whiskey barrel beers. You got some of those in the plans? Yeah, we do. We uh we have some bourbon barrels in the plant that we've uh, in, in the brewery that we've actually put some uh, stout in and some porter in. Uh, uh, cool. We just picked up a whole bunch of uh, brandy barrels. From the Central Valley of California, which nice. some of them had been used for bourbon originally, and then had been used for brandy, and we put some of the uh, uh, the double bastard in those, and we're going to put some old Guardian in those later on this year. Um, you know, we're we're having a lot of fun with barrels. We don't do a lot of quantity with them, but uh, it's going to be great. Justin, you've actually had one of our beers out of a barrel about a year ago at the Firkin Fest at Triple Rock. Oh, is that the? Oh. That was our Imperial Russian Stout that had been aged in a bourbon barrel. That's for right. About nine or ten months, I think it was. I remember that now. That's it. That was a fantastic beer. That was. Yeah, a, I love that beer. Yeah, now There's not I, much of it either. That's right. That's the last time that I was hanging out with you at the Firkin Fest, and now I remember having that beer. And, but that's not something that you guys were distributing. No. Yeah, you were just. No, we've got. I think three kegs of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, wow. You know, none of our barrel aged beers. Uh, we're not distributing any of those right now. But, okay. Uh, that's all just, about. Who you know, not what you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That was. Uh, Isn't there a big barrel-aged uh, event coming up at uh, the Bistro? Actually? Next Bistro. next weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's next Saturday. If yeah. I, we're going to go out to that. You going? Yeah, there, I'll be there. I'm okay. actually entering a beer there. Oh, you are? Yeah. I didn't well, know you were barrel-aging anything. I'm doing the, the collaborative uh, thing I did with uh, ah, Rush River. So. The watermelon. Oh, that's yeah. finally come. I just told Mitch about that today. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I can't the wait watermelon for Watermelon funk. You want to talk about that real quick? Watermelon funk. Well, you've all heard it, about it before. No. If you listen to the show. No. Let's hear it. So we basically took 60 gallons of uh, watermelon wheat, which is American-style wheat beer. It's been infused with fresh watermelon. Took it up to uh, Russian River and uh, threw it into an oak barrel with a bunch of brett and let it happen for about over a year, actually. And uh, now it's available. And 
Uh, we're going to enter in, in the uh, in the barrel aged uh, fest down at the bistro next weekend. So that, ma- that makes yeah. me all tangly. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be actually be kind of interesting because you you I, I don't know what the response is going to be because you've got great beers like the the Oak Arrogant Bastard and that are big full body beers and you have this kind of like you know like hello I'm a little girl here with my watermelon wheat. <laughs> you, you, you know the, what? You're the pussy of the group. You're not going to have anything I didn't say left. That. There, I did. were, there will be none left, Sean. <laughs> There's a lot of fans of the bugs here in the Bay Area. <laughs> Thank you. Dave, are you going to be down there? Oh, yeah. you are? I'll be there. We're going to vote yeah. Derek and Bastard Island. You are. Okay, cool. Uh, that's a good festival. That's at the Bistro in Hayward. It's next yeah. Saturday. Uh, our guest who's on next Sunday's show is going to be at that thing, too. Uh, so we'll be uh, talking to him, and then uh, I'll announce that whole thing uh, sort of as we get to the end. Okay. Uh, a little more on um, stone beers. Somebody was asking me about the stone pale ale. Um, recipe, and they're curious if it's changed significantly. Because they're saying that they noticed that it placed at GABF as an ESB, your pale ale, um, and they and he says he agrees that it tastes more like an ESB than it does an American pale ale. So, what do you think about that, Mitch? Well, the the recipe hasn't really changed. I think what happened was uh, we were we got together this summer and we're, we're taking a look at uh, GABF entries and. And Steve had told me, Steve Wagner, who's the, the president and the brewmaster of the company, told me that he had been entering the Stone Pale Ale as an American Pale Ale. And I said, you know, we should take a look at entering it somewhere else because it really doesn't have that, like, cascade hop, pronounced hop character yeah. that you have, you know, which is to be expected in an American Pale Ale. So we took a look at the categories, and there's a subcategory of ESB that's called American Strong Bitter that Stone Pale Ale fit in perfectly. And, um, you know, we don't really brew our beers to style. That's never really been something that's kind of a conscious decision on how we formulate our beers. But, uh, you know, that beer kind of fell into that category. And, and so I suggested that we enter it there just to see what happens. And we weren't expecting to win anything, and it was really nice that we did. Um, and, you know, we were very thrilled with that. But uh, we certainly didn't expect it, and it was very cool. Well, that's really weird about uh, that's how i brew my beers it's like i brew it and i think where would that fit yeah <laughs> instead of i'm gonna brew to make it fit into a category yeah that's not at all what we're about yeah. so you know we brew the beer and then if there's a place to put it we'll we'll enter what's well, interesting about the uh, judging the gabf i did it for the first time this past year and you have no idea what your what what, what the entries are you don't know the names they're just a number and you sit there and you try the beers and you just, you know, and you read the flavor profile that they, they give you at the, the GABF for uh, the various categories. And if the beer fits, then, you know, it's, uh, you know, then it'll move along. And that's, and actually it's interesting because, uh, this is the first time I judged and I, I gotta tell you, I, it's a, it, I've won a couple of awards there, not that many, but, uh, it's, it's almost impossible <laughs> to win a medal there. I mean, if your beer rises, and goes on to where you know to win a medal. It's it's uh, it's that beer is the best beer, you know, yeah. at that date and time and all that. Everybody always says, well, whatever. But really, I mean, the 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 process of moving that beer along and for it to rise to that to to it is, and just because it's maybe called a pale ale and it wins in a you know an ESB category yeah. subcategory, it's still gonna it's still looking at the profile and looking at the beer. It's 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 done well and it's it should be there. And by the way, that's the same in home brewing. I mean, you can take a award winning home brewer like John Plisse here and look at how he enters his beers, and his beers are entered in more than one category. And it's because it's very often that a profile of a beer, like you're saying, fits under different categories. Yeah, just because it's an IPA doesn't mean that you know it may have an IPA 
Or pale ale. Or pale, or pale ale. ale. Yeah. It may have a look yeah. and feel to it, but at the same time, but if you look, you break the beer down to its components yeah. and what it, you know, what, how it will be judged, it fit better elsewhere. Moving around. The, yeah. The basis is it has to be a great beer. Yeah. Yeah. And all the beers going GABF are great beers. And that's really true. I, I've been judging out there for a long time and, and the beer, the quality of the beer is just outstanding. And most of the beers that don't win medals there are, are not winning medals. Um, uh, you know, because not because they're not a good beer. Uh, they're a great beer. Sometimes they're entered in the wrong category. Yeah. Or sometimes they're just not not showing as well as something else. Sure. Uh, so you've been judging there even uh, so. Like while you're at Budweiser, you've been uh, judging at GABF too. You say you've been doing yeah, it for I've years? been doing it for nine or ten years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because I was talking to some other uh, judges and or potential judges at the GABF and there's kind of a rigorous criteria of what they want from a judge. Did you have a free pass by being a Budweiser brewer? Did no. they assume <laughs> that you could do it? No, I, I didn't have a free pass. No, okay. I, I, I got a letter of recommendation from a a former Anheuser-Busch employee who was who was retiring and was giving up his judging post, and he got me in. And a lot of there's a lot of criteria in which judges are are, are judged on. You know, you you have to be able to work with the other judges at your table. Yeah, you have to have a personality that is able to you know not be not be really abrasive, uh, really Should abrasive, they, or be an asshole about it. How'd they pick um, Sean? Then? You know, <laughs> well, I got to uh, Yeah, okay. well, Sean's <laughs> been there one year, right? So that's uh, you right. Know, maybe maybe making a judgment. On <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on a panel. I, I mean, all my panels were like all my. They're pan- all drunk. I don't know about Mitch, but I, all my panels were like real gentlemanly. Yeah. And then I judged uh, American Imperial Red, and it was like, whoa. Really? I mean, I won't talk about the, you know, who the judges were, but but there was, was a dickhead. There in was there. like, and I and I had to, and I became like kind of a different judge. Then I became like this guy was champing for this one beer. I've heard about other that guy. about you yeah. anyway. And uh, a dickhead. Uh, yeah. And uh, and it was like, I don't know. Have you had that experience at all? Yeah, I, I have. And you're and like, and you like one. And I, I actually thought that I should just lay back, kind of. You, and you don't want no, to. No, you know, don't one, lay down. Once you, <laughs> you know, once you're at a, at a point where one person is standing out from a group of seven, six or seven people, and and you don't agree with what he's saying and it's obvious that other people don't you got to stand up for it yeah. okay and uh it, you know it's a question of how you approach it though and how diplomatic it's definitely you are a negotiating thing absolutely. wait let me back up i want you to tell that but i let me back up a sec so you have this group of beers yeah and everyone decides which beers they think should advance to the next round yeah okay and, and then they and maybe and, and maybe there's a guy who is n- picking a beer that nobody else is picking or right, so that's what's happening, and then you have to decide how you're going to champion the beer that you think should go forward. Is that what we're talking about? When it usually comes down to the second round, or well, this was a medal round. The medal, and, the medal and round. So all the beers were being picked. You, all the beers were being. You picked. score how you score. Yeah, and then but in GABF it's not scoring. It's yeah, not that's what I mean. You don't but do scoring. It's about it's about like saying what beers you want. But then you ask everybody else at the table, what do you like? What don't you like? Exactly. And, what you, oh, and there was this one beer that had that I didn't want to win. I didn't want it to be the. Well, I didn't. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, but I didn't want it to be where it was in the lineup. And everybody else was like, well, "That's Joe." And I was just like, I felt like I was a. Mar- it was like a Martin Scorsese movie or you know Quentin Tarantino, where I was firing bullets yeah. at them as they were shooting me down. So you weren't championing a beer. You no, were saying, I was saying this that beer should not belong. be in there. Uh, no. Yeah, and it didn't work in the come, end. You should no, come I through with fucked. the one. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, the one phrase is. 
this beer should not win. Well, I, I and I'm championing that. But the problem but is, that. I mean, to get off on a tangent here, I mean, if you read the criteria of what wins, what's a gold, what's a silver, and what's yeah. a bronze, is that you know maybe it should be there. But I, you know, I, you know, I've been you know passive the whole time, and you know, and you I blackballed had, it. Wait, I, I read I, the guidelines, and the guidelines for a gold say a world class. Like those shot. are the words well, that that's stick for the out the gold, in my head. But for the bronze, it's like you know maybe not so much as what the gold is. So I don't know what it is. I right champion now. you. <laughs> you did it, baby. I mean, Mitch, you've. I mean, you've yeah, got him down. yeah. You know, a bronze or a silver can have a stylistic defect, yeah. but it can still be a great beer. Yeah. And, and and you got to go with that. You know, that's, you that's know what? the guideline. It didn't get there being a shitty beer. No, but I mean, when you, I, I don't know. But I, you, I, but so, all right. something all right. in your yeah. brain said it did not belong there. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's do more beer talk with stuff. Get up this GBF thing. Jesus. I have some good questions just about the about the stone um, facilities. Uh, for one, people want to know when the restaurant's going to open. The restaurant is open. It did uh, open. I heard it opened Wednesday. Cool. Right yeah. now, and yes. that's at the new location. That's at the in new Escondido. location in Escondido. Yes. And the other question uh, paired with that is, why did Stone move the brewery? Was it just uh, convenience, <laughs> or it, you needed a bigger facility? What, what was the deal? I, I don't know if convenience is the right word, but Mitch uh, said he wasn't going to work there unless they <laughs> yeah, moved yeah. it. I wasn't going to work in, unless the brew house was automated. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I want to yeah. push buttons. I love that. That's the interview. Mitch is like, <laughs> the, buttons, uh, the buttons are not correct. I would not uh, push. Uh, do I, I have to grade out? Yeah. Now, it, you know, it was a matter of capacity and, and, you know, demand and, and there, it was obvious, you know, from the stories I hear about the old brewery, our brewers were working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and we weren't able to make enough beer and we needed a new facility that had more room and more they, fermentation space. They were brewing okay. around the clock and they had people like me calling them saying, I need twice as much beer as you guys right, give me. Right. Right. Uh, I've, i That sucks. Reading some books right now about other breweries too that are talking about just that thing. Uh, and in some ways, uh, talking about what you're talking about, Dave, saying that the salespeople are calling and asking for more beer. And in some ways, companies are thinking that that's a good thing. Uh, if you fill, say, 80% of the orders that you have, you're creating more demand rather than filling all the demand. You see what I mean? Dave, if... If, if Mitch gave you more beer, Dave, could, by the way. could you sell more beer? <laughs> I'm selling, we're selling everything Mitch can give us. Yeah. But you know, what you said is right. Yeah. Short term. Okay. Long term, though, you're just going to end up pissing everyone off. Okay. I mean, come on. If you just, you can't hold your, you can't take a beer, brew it, and hold it out of reach of everybody. Sure. Forever. For so, only so long, I guess exactly. you can. So you got, you need to do whatever you can. Yeah. To try to get as much of it out there as possible within reason. Okay. We're not going to, you know, the, the quality of the beer is not going to suffer as a result of it. Right. But and then I think that's why you know we've we just figured hey from ground up let's build a brewery yeah. to our specs okay now now while we're talking about that too uh, I know little about this but I do understand it a bit about what you guys are doing at Stone and I think it's important to talk about uh, especially in terms of AB here so Anheuser Busch uh, over the years has uh, not only dominated the market but built the distribution system. But Stone is is start is creating their own and has their own distribution system as well. Is that what it is? Because people, I, I guess the way I heard it is that some craft brewers are now going to Stone and saying, "Help us get into your distribution system." Stone is a distributor in Southern California only. Okay, so we, within San Diego County, I think all the way up to LA, 
we we are a brewery. We also have a distributorship. Uh, Russian River from Northern California, Bear Republic. These guys, these guys they are in our portfolio. Guys. Yes, and that's part of what you're talking about, right, Mitch? Of the support. Yeah, exactly. When I walked into that warehouse, that cold storage warehouse, and I saw Avery, I saw Russian River. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw Bear Republic. I was like. Wow, yeah. this is unbelievable. See, when I heard that, I thought it was really great, too. And I felt like somebody who's a who's a bigger brewery, who's been around for some time, who's been doing it, who's growing, somebody like that, somebody like Stone, needs to, to jump in there as a distributor and do for craft beer what the other distributors don't know how to do, necessarily, which is take care of it and store it properly and put it on the right shelves. It's so, a tough gig, though. Dis- Distribution is an entirely different thing. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to start off small. You, okay. You know, especially if you have chain business, you need trucks going in every day. You need people stocking shelves. It's yeah. It's a it's a big feat. And are you guys look with that though? Are you looking to to keep growing your distribution services beyond? You know, no. I, you know, that's, I don't know. That's okay. a whole different part of our company. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I I just I commend you for doing it because I think it's a cool thing. And the things that I had read, the reason I know about it was just nothing but positive uh, uh, feelings about Stone doing that and giving people access, uh, and not just access, but but proper care of their beer. We've talked to Vinny, and he he's always real concerned about how his product ends up to on the shelf. And so if a company like Stone gets in and knows how to treat a beer, I think that's awesome. You know, instead of putting it out on the back uh, patio. There's an advantage to having beer geeks putting your beer out there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. In fact, uh, I should have just said that because that sums it up. Uh, beer geeks yeah. uh, putting your beer out there totally helps it out. Okay. Um, some specific beer questions for you. People okay. want to know, and I know now you've just been with the brewery for six months. Six now, months, Mitch? yes. Okay, um, so maybe you know about the history a bit, though, because people want to know what you do different each year for the old, uh, the old Guardians. Is that what it's called? Old Guardian barley wine. Your yes. old Guardian barley wine, because you put out one each year. Yes. And uh, do you, do you guys change it up, or you just do it? Not a whole lot. Okay. It's, it's, it's it remains faithful to the original. You know, it's. Um, I think. Uh, you know, we, we'll change the bitterness a little bit on it. We'll change the hopping, you know, the varieties of hopping de- depending on availability, but not significantly. So the, the beer retains its original flavor and, okay. uh, you know, the original kind of, uh, uh, theme that the beer had. Okay. There's little, little minor changes to it, but not, not major. Sorry, I'm choking. Uh, you right over there, champ? What's going on there? <laughs> He's verklempt. Well, I was just about to say how I was about to commend one of the beers of yours that I'm drinking, and then I started to choke, and I thought, well, this is a bad time to commend the beer. I'm choking. <laughs> I've just had, for the first time tonight, the double uh, the double bastard, because I, I didn't drink it at the FM studio because I had to drive back here, and it's a 10% beer, <laughs> so Whatever. I, was, I was being a good boy. How double are you, bastard? Uh <laughs> This is fantastic. Thank you. It's really a nice beer. You want? It, can you give us uh, a little bit about what you do that makes it different from the the regular arrogant bastard? Well, I I can't say a whole lot except for the fact that we use the same ingredients as we use in in the arrogant bastard ale. Uh, we just soup it up a bit. You know, we 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 use more of the same ingredients. Um, Take it to eleven. Yeah, yes. we take it to eleven. Okay. Yes. Da- Dad, put that I'd, on like, the label. I'd like to hear from Dave how he sells this beer. It's funny you say that. I actually, the take it to 11 thing is exactly how I was talking to people on Friday, last Friday night. Oh, that's I was what talking you said. about it. I said, this is Eric and Bastard turned up to 11. <laughs> we, put, we put this one on 11. Exactly. <laughs> There's exactly. No, d- truthfully, double bastard. This, this is the one special thing we do every year that it's, it's sold instantly. I get calls about this year round. If we oh, brew this right? beer year round, it would probably sell year round. And I, was, I, I put was, it on tap. 
Yes, we have we have a total of four kegs in the Bay Area. This <laughs> four, <Okay>. no <laughs> shit. One of them is going to be at the Count dinner. Four. EJ Fair dinner is going to have one of them. Okay. And uh, a couple other of our special accounts. Wow. We kind of reward them with it. You guys are holding back. You know, and, and the thing is, we, with we with reward them by making it available to them. Yeah. <laughs> with, with Double Bastard, we make more of that than any other. Seasonal that we do, or oh, any really? other specialty that we do, yeah. But it just goes out. It, and it's just in super high demand. I'll tell you what. All right, let's just talk business for a second. Anytime you can make a product that's gone before you make it, uh, you're you're that's in good, good shape. Thing. You're doing good stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. You yeah, know? it's like it's all sold before we even get it out the door. Although the pressure of not fucking it up, Mitch, you're like there brewing it, going, man, everyone already bought this. Stuff. Yeah, that's why we're brewers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. All right. Oh, so many of our listeners want to know how to bring it to the next level, which is uh, selling it. And how you uh, sell your beer? Sell your beer. They want to go up to your level, Mitch. They want to. Oh, I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> they want to go pro. Is that what you're they talking about? They want to go pro. Yeah. And are you telling us it's not that hard? Just do what you do as well as you do. You mean to get to go from like a home brewing to yeah. to professional? Exactly. Yeah. It takes a lot of money. Well, yeah. Um, we, I, you know, we've I think touched it's hard. on that one before. You know, but I, I, it that's a tough question. You know, it's it's it takes a lot of money. It takes a willingness to starve for a long period of time. You know, and eat a lot of macaroni and cheese. But or, or uh, what, what, what do you call them? Egg salad sandwich. Egg salad sandwich. No, it wasn't even egg salad. With, that's too expensive. Yeah. I just had an egg sandwich. Uh, egg no, sandwich no, with the American no mayo. Cheese, you know? Mayo is way too pretty over the top there. <laughs> I gave Mitch my secret. You know, something I've, I've known so many home brewers that have done it and, you know, they have the passion to do it and, and then you have to have some business sense and you have to be able to deal exactly. with distributors and I think that's the hardest thing. You know, it, it depends on whether you're trying to do a microbrewery or do a brew pub and a brew pub, you know, the complication is running a restaurant, which is a real pain in the ass yeah, for anybody. Right. I think uh, Sean could talk about that. <laughs> well, no, <he> <laughs> Sean's never there. Huh? Well, he can't talk about that. Do we have, we serve food? <laughs> is there even a restaurant? Yeah, Sean has an awesome partner. He has a Back door to the brewery, and yeah. that's where he goes in he and out. Back door. And that's it. <laughs> we'll right. talk about that later. All right, I got more questions about uh, Stone Bruce too, and you in particular. People want to know two part question: uh, Have you developed any of the Stone beers that are there? And okay. second part is: Are you designing any upcoming Stone that's Bruce? Question. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, the first beer that I really got involved with was. Our tenth anniversary ale, which was a uh, double IPA, okay, and our lead brewer John Egan came up with a homebrew recipe that was a hundred percent summit hops and used victory malt and pale malt in it, and we tasted that and we liked it, but we decided to change it. And so, uh, you know, I was involved in coming up with a hop bill on that. We ended up using summit hops just for bittering. Uh, we used we used uh, Chinook and Crystal in, in the Whirlpool for flavor, and then we dry hopped it with a combination of Crystal and a lot of Simcoe, which is something that I think I, you know, that that I brought with me because I love Simcoe hops. And we decided to make it 10% alcohol. That was probably the first one that I really got involved with from a formulation standpoint, but it was really a, a team effort, which is kind of like how I like to do things, you know. And, and it's nice at Stone because everybody's got ideas, and we just throw them all together, and then we pick the one that we think is going to work. Okay. And, and so the tenth was the first one that I got involved with. Nice. Um, what was the other question? Upcoming. Are you gonna? Are you planning any new brews for Stone yourself? Well, we've got to come up with an eleventh anniversary ale, uh, and we've also got to come up with a vertical epic for two thousand seven. We just got a twenty gallon system from uh, 
beer, beer, and more beer. So, ah, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, there. we did. We did. We haven't put it into use yet, but we're looking forward to using that for doing some pilot brews right, for you. You know what? Let me know. I'll, I'll come over and show you how to use it. Doc's got it. You know something? Come on down I because have, we're I looking at it. And we're scratching our heads. And, uh, <laughs> I saw Doc use it, and Doc was telling me it took him a while to get used to it. And yeah. I was watching the whole thing, and I'm going, "Yeah, I could see that." It's uh, it. While in the end, it probably makes things easier. In the beginning, it fucks shit up. Like it's yeah. more difficult. Well, yeah, I was. A, I I had a ten gallon system, uh, Herm system before that, and now I got this one. It's like, at first, like, oh, I could do it. Now it's like, click, 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 click. Yeah, I, I could pull it up or Justin was glassy eyed. Yeah. So we're, we're I like how Doc just described that with like half of a sentence. Click, 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 click. Now it works, and it goes not bad. So we're starting to think about the 11th anniversary, and we're starting to think about the 2007 vertical epic right now. We're starting to, you know, just kind of brainstorm some ideas, but we got to start brewing them on a pilot level, and and I think it'll be fun. And you know, John John is big into barrels and big into Brett and things like that, which I think is great. And I'm big into hops and lots of hops and combinations of hops and things like that. And we make a good team. So I think, you know, and it's all got to pass muster with Steve, you know, Steve Wagner, who's the president of the company and the brewmaster. So yeah. we'll run it by him and we'll try a bunch of different things. And I think you I guys think we'll need come a hop something. back. So you've been yeah. a... Yeah. You've been a hophead in the closet for 14 years. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have. And you're now getting to break out. So I can see how your meetings go at Stone. Every time there's beer talk, you're like, we should put more hops in there. More yeah. hops, please. Let's, let's try this hop, huh? Yeah. You know, this is a hop we haven't used before. Let's give it a shot. You know? They're like, yeah. Mitch, it, it has seven hops in it, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I could use eight. Yep. I know I have a hop quota, but could I go to 20? You know, that, yeah. and that might be something I bring from Anheuser-Busch, the whole blending of hops thing, but yeah, right. I love to blend yeah, hops. During those meetings at AB, at AB, you were probably like, you know, you had like a a needle in your uh, scissors in your leg going like, more hops, more hops. I'll tell you what, though, with the blending of hops, (laughs) Mitch, I think we could do a whole show about blending of hops because I, for me, it's it's a mystery and how do you figure out what goes well together and all that. So we could do a whole other thing about the blending of hops. That would be cool because I think it's, I think it's really neat and a lot of it's trial and error and, you know, and, but sharing some of that wisdom that you've done would, would really help because I think about it all the time. I'm going, well, I really like this hop and I really like that hop, but you get nervous because you don't want to screw up a whole batch by putting hops that don't complement each other. So that's a whole bit. Yeah, the one, well, the one thing I can totally. say right now is that crystal hops, which we really like, work with just about anything. Okay. And so if you use crystal hops in combination with a really high alpha hops, it, it really gives a nice level of complexity to it. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's great advice right there. Um, Dave, what's selling out there? Really? What's not? Yeah, what, it, you know, anything, anything craft brew is selling right now. Craft brew, I just saw that it's, craft brew is up 17% yeah. in, in the, in the alcohol market. It's the fast growing segment of the industry. Saw that too. You know, peep, basically what's selling is things that are made passionately. And again, yeah. like I said, it's either food or wine or whatever, but you know what? And beer's just, it's, it's right there. People are finally starting to realize, well, yeah, there's more out there than what I've had. Yeah. Now, I think you're right too. It's about the people are really buying into the beers with passion, and craft brewing has taken that from from wineries uh, mm-hmm. that, that here in Napa that were brewing sm- uh, small batches of wine and marketing it that way, saying that's why it's good and it worked for them, and now it's working for craft beer too. I'm glad you talked about the the system from B3 because it was actually a question that came through earlier. If you guys do experimental beers on a smaller system, and I guess that answers that you're about to start doing them on a B3 system. Yeah, we were using the the propane burners, you know, the king cookers, lobster cookers, sure. whatever you want to call them. <laughs> we were using those for okay. a long time, and 
uh, we decided to finally bite the bullet and get a get a, a real system, and and we're looking forward to getting getting. I it like on. that. I like that you, when breweries are you're essentially home brewing in order to figure out what product to put out. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start, and I think it's what Dave's talking about here. If you're making it with passion. That to me starts from a passionate place. You're like, hey, let's brew ourselves a, a ten gallon batch. Our beers don't start and, uh, start you know. like at a marketing table. You know? Yeah, it's not yeah. a big meeting. Oh no, it's you know our bre- our brewers start brewing things and and we start talking about them and tasting them. That is a cool thing. That's yeah, very cool. Question came through: If Stone ever brewed a true Vienna style lager, uh, my guess is going to be no. No, it just doesn't fit the Stone profile, does it? I don't think we've no lagered anything. No lagers at all. Okay, oh, well. maybe maybe an imperial lager. I don't know. Imperial Vienna. I don't. I don't know. Dave, you don't think you guys have ever had a lager at all? I know we haven't. No, no, no lagers. No okay. lagers. And, and I doubt we will. Really? Yeah. Is that a keep the beer and moving no. thing or? Uh, yeah. We're, we just like big beers, and you get a lot of you get bigger flavors out of ales than you okay. do with lagers. So, okay. you, know, n- n- you know, I love lagers, but sure. I don't I don't see one out of stone. Well, okay. it sounds like with your new brewery that you probably have the whole idea of like time and scales. Like you probably set up more for ales and lagers. Yeah, oh yeah, we are definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, back to the oak, real quick. People want to know the ones that you do have in barrels. The beers that you are doing? Yes. Where are you getting your barrels from? People want to know where to get barrels from. Uh, all over the place, actually. If you if you go and look uh, on the Internet for wine supplies, there's a lot of places that sell barrels. Uh, we bought, a like I, I mentioned earlier, we bought a bunch of brandy barrels from an outfit in Fresno called, uh, oh, geez, Barrels Unlimited, I think is, is their name. Um, but there's a, you know, if you go on the internet and look up wine supplies, there's a lot of used barrels out there that you can find. Okay. Uh, bourbon barrels, that's another... Another place, you know, you can go and and Pro Brewer can f- help you with that. Or I, I know the Buffalo like Trace. Buffalo Trace sells a lot of their barrels. Buffalo Trace. Yeah, it's a distillery in Tennessee, I think, somewhere back there. Yeah, nice. So you know, maybe we'll start looking at that. <laughs> Check it <laughs> we're out. There. All, we're always looking for new barrels ourselves. Okay. So, you know, it, it, we don't have a steady supply. Or I would imagine source. with the growing popularity, it's uh, getting tough to find. It's and and you know what? Someone's going to start making some cash off it rather than this whole trading of the barrel thing that's going on right now. Yeah. Because it's just getting bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. right? I think uh, uh, Jack Daniels might be waking up here real soon, going, "Wow, we don't have to just dump these things." Yeah. There's there's a <laughs> Huge market. We don't need to make flower planters out of them. Yeah, <laughs> Jack yeah, Downs, right. Jack Downs has a law; they can only use them once. Right. Period. So they're going to start. That's what and I'm saying. That they're going to cash from in. A long time ago. Yeah. And it's government. So, all right. Here's a question that came through about the pro thing. I'm going to chime in a little bit on it, and only because I'm reading about it right now, not not because I can normally answer questions here. Uh, <laughs> but the question was, what's the minimum capacity for going pro, and how much money is involved? And I'm going to start by saying uh, that you don't. You, there's no definitive answer for either of those things. And I'll give you an example right now. And I've done this before on the show because uh, I'm into it, and I don't mind saying it. I'm reading uh, Sam Calgione's book right now. The uh, I'm almost done with it. The um, um, uh, homebrew something I can't remember the name. Dogfish of Head. Yeah, it's Dogfish Head's book, and the he's new writing one? about yeah. No, not the new one. It's right here. Just look it up. He's really impressed with this book, actually. Ah, brewing up a business. My yeah. bad, Sam. I apologize. Uh, it's called Brewing Up Up a Business, and he talks about when they started Dogfish Head. He started on the system that I have in my backyard right now. Which is a ten-gallon converted right. keg system. It was he bought he bought it. He bought a Sabco system essentially. I think it was it look. He doesn't say that, but it, the picture of it looks like a Sabco system, and it's three converted kegs, and he's brewing ten gallons at a time. And he opened his brew pub on a ten-gallon brew system. 
<laughs> he brewed seven times a day. <laughs> he did. He stayed there brewing seven times a day to make capacity for the brew pub. But he started really small, and he started with a homebrew system. That's what he started with. So uh, I'm going to just go out here and say, of course, it depends on where you're at, and there's so many variables, but there's no set capacity of how to go pro. You just got to figure out how to make your idea happen and how you can make enough beer and, and things like that. So I think that if a company who now is like the fastest growing uh, microbrew in the country can start on a 10-gallon Sabco system, maybe so can you. He started 10 years ago or longer than that, um, but... You see what I'm getting at here? I don't think there's a definitive answer. Uh, but with that being said, Mitch, if, if someone were to pose the question to you, you know, how much do I have to brew and how much money do I need, what would you say? I would agree. I, you know, it, it depends on, on a lot of things, primarily on where you're located and whether there's a market for it. I, I have known people back east in, in New England who have started on one barrel and three barrel systems and have made a go of it. Uh, it's a tough business, you know, and you got to have some financial backing just to get your beer out the door. And that's probably the hardest thing about it. It's not about making good beer. It's not about recipe formulation. It's about getting your beer out there so people can try it. Right. And and so that people will come back to it. And that's and the it's got to be quality for that. Let's Absolutely. talk about. I mean, there, there's a great example of there was this beer boom in '95, this craft beer boom where it was exploding and everybody was opening a brewery. The problem was a lot of those people opened opening uh, craft breweries were doing it to cash in. They were doing it to make money because they saw the growth. And it ended up suffering because of that because as they were jumping in to make a bunch of money, they were producing shit beer. And it kind of gave craft beer a bad name. Yeah. And craft beer died for a few years after that. So you can't jump in for the wrong reasons either. And that and, and 1995 and that whole boom from then to about 97 was just a great example. And now craft beer's back on the up and up because of what Dave says, which is now brewers are back to brewing with passion. And that's what's going to sell your beer. You know. Exactly. I, I think uh, the passion really comes through in the flavor, and and you know the the craft beer industry took a hit, you know, in the mid '90s or later '90s, and then has climbed its way back up and is yeah. seeing very phenomenal growth. And it may take another little hit here, sure, uh, and then come back. But I think it's it's steady, and uh, you know, passion comes through. I I think you know if you're looking at it, it, who's hot in the craft beer industry right now. You look at Dogfish Head, you look at Victory, you look at Founders, you look at Jolly Pumpkin, you look at places yeah. that are just yeah. doing these really passionate beers yeah. and Russian uh, River 21st you know, yeah. Russian Amendment. River yeah. you know. 21st Amendment yeah. and the thing is and their and they're watermelon and bacteria 21st Amendment it's, it's like 21st re- Amendment you're like the retard of the up and coming craft brewers right now fuck you <laughs> 21st Amendment <laughs> you, I, I, I could go into a rant right now and I gotta do it I'm but sorry, you're, you're sorry. You're gotta, we got a yellow bus with 21st Amendment on the side of that come on you're not, seeing, you're not seeing gimmicky stuff. Sean, I for one love your beers. <laughs> They're great beers. Come on. Absolutely. But you're backpedaling now, motherfucker. But the thing is, all the, th- all the guys you named, yeah. you're trying you're like, you're like trying to find one blanket policy for making it and brewing, and all the guys you named are doing their own thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah. 
Well, what, right. I mean, and what you're talking about, right. you kind of talked around like the in 1995 and beyond is the fact that you know people, you know, marketeers, uh, big firms saw that they could probably make a buck out of it, and they said, you know what, we could just come up with a cool label, and the beer won't be that great, and we'll just sell it because sure. craft beer is hot right, right now, and you that's why it didn't happen. And, get and out. then everything kind of like died off, and uh, yeah. and now you're kind of seeing people that have you know passion about it, and it's all coming back around. So uh, yeah. what we always said is you got to make good beer yeah. <laughs> from the get go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yellow bus. Uh, Sorry, dude. <laughs> uh, Stone Brew has like like not even like compromised with that one. Yeah. Uh, everybody likes like yellow beers. Stone ain't that. Yeah. Uh, well, I would well, they're, say they're, I think that what, I think what Stone's doing actually kind of talk you know with these guys in the room right now and they're big guys and they'll kick my ass is uh, yeah. they, 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 I mean they they're, they're kind of niche bre- uh, niche brewers in a lot of ways I mean you know it takes a lot of balls to put a six pack of uh, oaked arrogant bastard exactly out there and yeah. I you know and I got to respect them for that and also what we talked about today on the free FM show is their kind of their mantra at the back of their bottles is the fact you will not like this beer so it's it, it is kind of in keeping with the whole you know company theme that we we're going to make beers that we like, and if you like them, that's cool. And if you don't, well, then f you. Yeah, and well, I like on, that kind on, of attitude. Sean, so I mean, do I. How many people put IPA in the can? Well, and then, yeah, and then, and then back that bastard. And you know what? It's damn good beer. Well, thank you. So, um, really, it's like I put this in a can. Uh, F you, try it, and then they, well, that's th- part. I mean, they and maybe, do, and, and it's may, good. And maybe we have that attitude uh, at the two one A, but we we're we, we're kind of light and fluffy in a lot of ways. You got you know Nico, who looks like you know Frank Sinatra, and me <laughs> looks like a double necked you know Al Capone. Hey, but it's San you know, Francisco, baby. You don't look like Al Capone. Do you do I love the does. fact that Daniela's been quiet for an hour now. You do that. not look like Al Capone. <laughs> you do have two chins, but not like Al Capone. <laughs> Several chins and a big head, but not Al Capone. Al Capone was a German. You do not look like Al Capone. But you know what? I, I really, I think it all gets down to the fu no, kind of well, attitude. But, but the idea is actually, I think, is about cra- it's about you know getting the beer out there, and if the beer is good, then it will stick. And if it doesn't, then it won't. And there's not so, a there's uh, not a very successful craft brewing company out there right now that's not doing that. Exactly, well, Sean, they're going under. If Sean, not you're doing successful that. because uh, you have crappy beer. No, yeah, it's not. If you guess, it's Sean knows you don't have to reassure him just because of your special bus joke doesn't exactly. mean you got to tell him how good but, his beer yeah. is. Exactly, stop the ass kissing. Let's move <laughs> yeah. on. You know, Danielle, you. I, Danielle, I think you need to start the ass kissing right now. <laughs> Sean, no. <laughs> Sean's right. just got a different niche. We're going to take a is. quick break. When we come back, we're going to do our second and final registration for somebody to win a conical in the BN's Conical Christmas. We're here with Stone Brewing Company. We'll be right back. Yeah. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. People, this is Brewcaster D again. Here is clue number four. This beer focuses on head. And now, back to the Brewcasters. The beautiful beers. 
Welcome back to the Brewcast. We're on the Stone Brew Show with Mitch Steele from Stone Brewing Company. Oh, yeah. You can go to so much information. You can go to stonebrew.com and check out all the information. Cool. We, 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 we've actually finished all the beers he brought. We drank every single ounce of Stone beer that they brought. We moved to, to a lighter beer. Yeah, I'm actually I'm Daniela. Gonna, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give no, you kudos right, right now, Mitch. Oh, it's it's, uh, it's, it's great. No, sorry, so short. We've always finished Brewers beers in the night, but not during the show. We've never <laughs> run out of the beer that was brought to us during the show. That's true. Well, that's Daniela, great. is this your beer? Yeah. And now we're drinking Daniela's Daniela, beer. Daniela, this is the breath of fresh air. <laughs> this is like a glass of... It's perfect after the big beers it, you've it, been drinking, right? Oh, yeah. But I'm your tool, though, so... <laughs> you are my tool, my little puppet. You touch the felt. You're my little... You're my, you're, you know what? You're my little Sean puppet. You're my little Sean puppet. In the in the special yellow bus. <laughs> well, I'm happy you've established this relationship, Sean. Well, what I did was we ran out of of the uh, stone beers. We were having a great time drinking those, and I thought, well, what would be nice is a is a light beer to kind of cleanse the palate. So I grabbed Daniela's Blondale, which has been aging, uh, believe it or not, aging in our house, and uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen. We did this one. This is the last of it, though. It's the last. I put it in a growler, and that's what everyone's drinking. So, so, oh, Ju- so Justin, you're like the, nice, right? You're the it's beer sommelier. Yes, I am. That's what I am. <laughs> Justin, say that word. I can't. Sommelier. Sommelier. Salmonella. Well, he did a good job, though. I don't care what, if you can't pronounce the word or not. It's actually, he did a good job. And it's good beer, right? It's awesome beer. And that's Daniela's beer. I don't like it too much. I like it. But I'm just like Sean in that matter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're German. No, I, I don't know. The first time I brewed it's it, it was much better. It's quite I nice. like it. It's, it's all right. Mitch here loves it. And it, he worked yeah. at AB. <laughs> It's not a good sign. Oh, that's right. So what are you trying to say here? Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's the wheels of the craft group bus coming over here. Right Can I start over again on that yeah, one? Water that down, that'd be great. Whatever I was trying to say to compliment you is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start over. Mitch thinks it tastes like fizzy yellow stuff. <laughs> fizzy like, and he knows so great. well. He likes it. I like it. Did you give it a st- what, what kind of beer would you say it is? Because we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Gold, golden ale. Uh, golden no. That's what I was trying to golden brew. Golden ale. There you go. You brewed it. All right. It's time to do a, some more registration Ooh. to win uh, a conical in the BN's Conical Christmas, courtesy of Beer, Beer, and More Beer and HCA Industries at HCA. And I'm in, I'm in on this one, right? <laughs> You're not in on oh, it. Okay. Uh, All right. This one is for the chat room. So if you're not in the chat room right now and you're listening, get hey, into give me the, a second to log on to my BlackBerry. Get room. into the chat room. <laughs> Both the guys from Stone right now have their big Blackberries <laughs> out. They want to win Conical. They're, they're crack, all about the Crackberry. Crackberries, yeah. Christmas. You got to get into the to the chat room, and I will go ahead and filibuster for a couple of minutes to let you folks that aren't in the chat room yet get in there. It's going to be a trivia question, and someone's going to have to find the answer. All right. And the first person to give the correct answer the first. will be our second and last registrant for today's show. And uh, both of you, Bub is our first one, and whoever's about me, to right? Bub. Uh, will now be in the running for one of these conicals, and we're giving away two of them. If Can you, I answer? If you haven't been paying attention. No. 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 Still no. Pretend to, though. <laughs> the answer is still not. But your goat can uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that I have the. Uh, I'm gonna uh, uh, announce it as you type Damn. it too. Um, and I think I remember the correct uh, question, but I'm gonna make sure that. Uh, While we're waiting for all those people to log on, what's this BFD? D 
deal all about? Big fucking deal. Brew Free or Die is a New Hampshire, Manchester area um, home brewers club that I belong to, and I have a lot of friends back there that I think a few of them are listening. And uh, they sent a question asking whether I'd be coming to the Christmas party, which is usually the first or second weekend in December. I think uh. it's the second this year. And the answer would be no, uh, unless somebody is willing to fly me back, and then I would say yes. Gotcha. Uh, we usually have, uh, you know, when I was a member, we had great beers. I think last year we f- we flew back a five-gallon keg of Pliny the Elder for oh. the party. Uh, we always have good beer there, and it's always a great time. So You know, this, the Stone Company picnic, or uh, Christmas party is the third, so I think that... Yeah, so I'm good for the second weekend of December, everybody. So if anybody wants to fly me back to New Hampshire, um, I would look. In, I would look into the the club treasury and see how much it would cost to have him fly back there. You're like the homebrew royalty that they have now. Uh, but don't you actually, having worked at Anheuser Busch, don't you have access to the company jet since you? Have been on. You mean the Anheuser Busch jet? Yes. No, no. Never. Oh, he won't fly you back. N- no, no. Motors and AB. Not jet. even when I was working for AB did I have access uh, to that. Mitch, uh, I gotta talk to you about using. Get the upstairs jet. now. <laughs> you can't use the jet, dude. Do you think Augie Bush says, "Dude, dude, listen, dude"? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's big in the Anheuser Busch vocabulary. Mitch, dude, this is. <laughs> This is Augie again, and uh, listen, you got to stop using the jet for your bitches and hoes. <laughs> your collar is not starch enough. I mean, you're making good beer and everything, but quit dicking around. Dude. Dude. Put on a tie if you're flying in the That's, that's Augie's voice. I guarantee you that's what Augie sounds like. And he always speaks person. through like a megaphone voice. Uh, yeah. I did not turn you off. You turned yourself off. Good. What's going on over there? You guys, I think David turned you off. There's a switch. No, it's on. It's on the microphone. Do we have a Is caller? It back on? I'll turn you up if you. Amateurs. There, there you we go. go. <laughs> yeah, you Freaking did, out. and I haven't touched the microphone. Freaking out. Caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Caller, you still there? Yeah. They've cut them off too. Scared him away. Okay, so I've given you ample time to get yourselves into the chat room. Here is the competition. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Daniela's actually going to type it first, and then I'm going to announce it. It's a trivia question, Daniela. Uh, the first person to type in the correct answer, and we're looking for an exact answer. It is black and white, night and day, clear as a bell. Just Give us the Daniela, right answer. It's all. Black and white. All right, I'm telling you guys right now because I know how it goes. All mm-hmm. right, there is one exact answer to this question. Daniela, type it into the chat room. First chatter to type the answer back is registered to win a conical. Go ahead, Daniela. Okay. Type it. It's typed. Okay. The question is, just so everybody at home knows, uh, according to the Stone Brew website, what is the IBU's for the Ruination IPA. What do they state as the IBUs for the Ruination IPA? Mitch, oh, Mitch you're not allowed to Mitch answer. Knows. Okay. <laughs> Mitch, you can't answer. He can keep his job. It's according to the Stone Brew website. What do they put as the IBUs for Ruination Quick, click. IPA? And this there is, is like sitting five feet from a conical for Mitch, and I don't have a computer. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It looks like, uh, it looks like somebody's given the answer. Yeah, somebody's Plenty giving the correct of people. Yes, but they're all just like hovering on the on the okay, on the proper who's the page. First? So we have a we have a winner, right? We do have a winner. Don't tell me, and but we do have a winner. Don't tell me who it is. Okay, okay. So we have a winner. So now that we have a winner, and it's an exact winner, Mitch, what does it say 
No, no, no. I, I'm <laughs> oh, come on, come Mitch on. Mitch is looking at his notes. David, without looking at notes, we do you know... We have information on the yellow bus. Do you know the answer to what the website says? I know what it is, but I don't know what the website says. All right, tell us what it is. No, you can't look at the paper either. Come on. That's not fun. That's 103. 103. 100 plus is the answer. That's the answer. It's That's exactly right. The answer is 100 plus. Daniela, who's our winner from the chat room? 462. That's his name? That's yes. the name? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's the guy who got fed up it's with trying to put in a proper name. <laughs> just put a username <laughs> taken. He's complaining because he just lost the audio, so he doesn't know that he won. <laughs> uh, well, chat back to him that he won. Yes. Okay, 462 from What's the chat doing? room. Uh, I, I am on the uh, Star Trek Enterprise. My name is 462. I have just been registered to win a conical. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are now registrant number two. <laughs> Doc, by the way, you turned yourself off again. Um, <laughs> Doc, what are you doing over there? <laughs> Doc, it's He's too much arrogant bastard. I'm sharing this microphone with a newbie. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I don't blame it on He the hasn't guy. touched that microphone as much yes, as you he have. Has. Stop sharing. Mark, uh, there you go. Touch that. Touch, it. touch the felt. You touched the felt. <laughs> All right. Touch the felt. Now i got to turn it off myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've now registered two people uh, this week, and we're going to register two people each week on the live show. We're also going to register one person who listens to the archives and downloads via podcast. We will be putting clues in there. If you're listening to the podcast, you already know this because we will be inserting the clues there. So uh, that's how you're going to win inserting. on that end. So every week, two live listeners. I encourage you to tell your friends and listen live. We'll be doing two more. Uh, registrants uh, next week. As of this week, we now have Bub and uh, what is it? Four six two. Yes. Bub and four six two. And I need Bub and four six two to send me an email to send an email. Yes. To Daniela at thebrewingnetwork dot com. Yes. And just say that you're registered. Correct. There you go. Now the other way that you can we register is. Uh, by naming our Sunday show. We've never had an official name for the Sunday show, and everybody's eligible to do this. If you can come up with a great name for our Sunday show, you can send it to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. Conical at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send your ideas. We'll be picking five finalists, and all five hey. finalists will be registered to win. But you know what? Oh, there it is. What? You turned him off. He's been like struggling over uh, there. Uh, he doesn't take the hint. Like I didn't turn him off. Like I, there wasn't a reason well, I turned cause, you cause off. Because you, you floated <laughs> the idea that maybe it's a switch on the mic. So he's been like fiddling around with well, that for a while. He's really afraid I'm going to come over this. Right console. over the panel. I'm not afraid at all. I was afraid I wasn't going to get through my rules and regulations of how to win a conical. <laughs> you know, you actually, you're, you're almost reading it like it's, it's uh, like really frustrating. It's like you're an insurance salesman or like it's a commercial for some sort of like uh, medical thing. You know what? It's because I have... Ex- May cause bleeding from the eye. I have experience with what happens here, and I know the 35 emails I'm going to get about what were you talking about if I don't do it very clearly and strictly. So that's what we're doing. Well, well, then you look at Doc and you just say... Is is a little little thing? It goes, it goes like that, and I don't talk. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that was the signal. I love the fact it's now like November, and like do- it's like the Doctoberfest love is over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's just uh, I have to get through the. Well, there were so many things he said. That, that we were all about love, and now it's no. like turn the microphone off on the dentist. <laughs> I did. He turned himself off. I just turned it off after that. Do you remember all the stuff at the beginning of Doctor? You could do all that. Yeah, and I'm okay. Well, it's payback time now. That doc. was your chance. And you know what? Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> that was your one chance. And you did it all. You bumped the microphone. Yeah. You, you dropped ate. the glass. No, I, the, the one thing I didn't do. <laughs> you didn't eat. You ate. The, the, the one thing I didn't do is like, 
dead air time. Yeah. I got like I want to have like one, it's hard for you to thirty do that. seconds of dead air time. <laughs> Everybody shut up. You're right. Huh? And, and, and it would just drive him insane. <laughs> it does. I hate dead air. It does drive me nuts. Dead uh, air. Dead air and and eating into the microphone yeah. also drives me nuts. Yes. <laughs> All right, exactly. uh, we're getting out of here, folks. Are uh, we? We're gonna wrap things up. Really? Yeah. No, 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 no. We have to. Like, I got a couple last questions, and we're gonna do stump, stump the, brewer. the brewer. We're gonna do stump the okay. Mitch. <laughs> Uh, I do have a question here. Did you say bitch? <laughs> Back to distributing real quick. People want to know. Uh, says that there's a distributor in his area, which is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He said it's in his Ooh. state that's a real jerk, and he won't send any good beer to his side of the state. He wants to know if, if you think that if people write to the brewers, it could help. Like if people write to brewers and say, contact this distributor or anything, if that would help anything. No, we, I mean, come on, we're stone brewing. We're not in ours of bush. We don't pull any weight. So. Yeah, so they won't care. Um, the best thing it can do is, is to get wherever he goes and wants to buy those things to, they need to lean on the distributor. That's okay. probably the best thing they can Plus, do. Plus Pennsylvania's kind of a hard state in a lot of ways. Pennsylvania's weird. They've, yeah. Yeah, they've got, that's, they've got case laws out there, right? Yeah. So you yeah. have to buy, you can't buy a single, like if you want a 22 bottle of double bastard, you need to buy a whole case of it. Oh, is that right? 12 bottles. Yeah, I was back, actually, I'd I, do that. I was back there in, uh, I was in Philly actually, uh, middle of summer and I was hanging out with my cousins. They were like, yeah, when I, we had to go buy a case of the, you know, they just talk about like buying a six pack, but you have to buy a case of beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. What's wrong with that? You can't buy anything else. Well, you know, when you're looking at a, you know, something that retails for four bucks a bottle, and all of a sudden you have to buy twelve of them, you don't even know if you like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. That's true. Well, that's why you put out the the twenty two ounces because I, I don't want to commit to a six pack of something I don't like. You still gotta buy a case. I will buy a twenty two ounce or just to try it out. I don't like committing unless you know it's gonna put out. <laughs> Pennsylvania, you, you can't buy a single twenty two ounce. You have to oh. buy twelve of them. Oh. All right, uh, another question. Uh, somebody's asking about the smoked Indian. <laughs> the smoked Indian is something we do. Uh, I don't condone that. <laughs> that sounds like a or, like a torture technique. Or smoking Indian. Uh, you know, it's it's something we do kind of for fun at the brewery. We blend uh, a little bit of porter, our stone smoked porter, into our IPA. Okay. And so people want to know if you're ever going to bottle that. Uh I don't see it happening. Probably you know, not. we'll we'll see. But How is it that blend? Is it nice? I, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I'd rather have one or the other. But okay. you know, I'm not I'm not everybody. You know, a lot of people really like it, so it's interesting. It's, yes. Okay. Yes. Definitely. Now, what but is it? We've never actually made a keg of this. You, you just know. do it we've, like in pint glasses. Yeah. Well, we just yeah, it's exactly we just so do it. Like you know, a, a lot of people come into our store and ask for it. You know, a, a that blend in their growler. Okay. You know, and they'll take a growler home. Of oh, it. cool. Oh, yeah. apparently it's popular if they're asking about it too. Oh yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. real popular. Okay. Yeah. Now I've heard this thing about uh, down at your your uh, your brewery that you do this thing uh, for like people that are in a club or something like that, where they can come in and you have like special beers that are available by the growler or something like that. Or there's some sort of program that you are operating down there that if you actually go to the brewery during certain times of the year and you can get like special beers. You guess have a secret stash. Get... No, no, no secret stash. But you know what we do is. Uh, 
Um, uh, what we've been doing over the summer and, and this fall is uh, on Wednesdays we'll do a cask of something that's kind okay. of a, a little different. You know, we'll take one of our standard beers and add something a little different to it, you know, like a, a different kind of hop and, and do a double dry hop or something like that. And we do the same thing on the weekends. We do special growler fills, like we'll take our IPA and then do an additional dry hop uh, with a different hop variety and then uh, and then let people take growlers of that home. Cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun for us, and and we like doing it, and it's kind of a good avenue for us to experiment with different flavors and things like that. Okay, I, I think another thing, what, what the question you might have been asking, we do with the three liter bottles. Yeah, if you bring those back to the brewery, we can refill them. Oh, nice. Here's the catch: <clears throat> the state has jumped in, of course, uh, and we can only put in that bastards. bottle what is on the label. So it has to be double uh, bastard and we only have it once a year anyway, so. You guys cheat on that though? Like if no. I go in and ask for something else? No. No. You no, think he's going to say no, that right no, now? No. What if I talk really quiet? We like never this? cheat. Nope. There's like Bill from the ABC going right. Let's go down and check it out right now. It's all legit. Uh this is Augie Bush. They have guys out there. I was thinking if I if I come in with my three liter bottle that's labeled arrogant bastard if I could get something else in it. What do you think, dude? Nope. <laughs> we got Justin coming in. Look, he's, he's, got, coming he's, going, he's, going, he's not leaving Whoa. with what he came in with. Uh, this is still Lockie Bush. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm, uh, you remember that wife I gave you? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering if I could get something else in there. Uh, nope. <laughs> wow. Even if I come in in the private jet. <laughs> yeah. And I fly you to the homebrew conference. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, no. Even <laughs> Augie can't do it, huh? Wow, that's I'm, pretty strange. I'm picturing Augie no. Bush sitting at this big mahogany desk trying to figure out how to get arrogant bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Howard Hughes I was a freak, to, too. I, I try to picture what does Augie Bush do every day. He goes like this a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, dude. This is Augie Bush again. Uh, where can I get me some arrogant bastard? I mean, I like the Budweiser stuff because I sell a shitload of it. But I really could use some good beer right now. So, you know, with the Vinny puppet, you guys need an Augie puppet with the stars. <laughs> yeah. With the stars, yeah. white collars. That's an idea. There you go. Yeah, definitely. We do. Yeah, he's got to be all sort of real, uh, like, dapered and, yeah. Always uh, yelling at you guys having too much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can see the Augie puppet coming in. <laughs> I'm into sodomy and Kafka. Where do I get the arrogant bastard? Aw, show. I'm sorry, Augie. I love you. Oh, yeah. Sean O'Sullivan, 21st Amendment. What do you want to buy me out? I'm there for you. I'm actually concerned because I picture Augie as like the like the mafia. Like I'm very in the beer world. Like I figure, I feel like he's I heard every- about you. I feel, yeah, I feel like he's everywhere. The TBN will go down now. Uh, Justin, this is Augie. <laughs> he has an intercom to everywhere. Uh, listen, I just want to know, I uh, want you to know that I heard your show and uh, I don't appreciate it. Uh, you're right about the wives thing. <laughs> oh, let's, let's go to the flip side of the whole thing. And he knows not what is going on. He just drives that short bus around. <laughs> he, has, he has no clue to what's going on. No company like that's driving. You know, the a best short thing bus. is that think about it. That you're like in your studio here at two o'clock in the morning, sending out your newsletter like you did last night. Yeah. What's up with that, by the way? Yeah, it's very strange. And there's like a there's a big megaphone in here, and it comes in like this. Justin? Yeah. Uh, why are you up right now? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't think it should be an Augie no, puppet. It's I, an Augie intercom. No, I think, I think it was that, that <laughs> 2 o'clock thing where we're all singing, and, and, and he comes in and goes, <laughs> Sean, you're flat. <laughs> yeah. 
The show's going on too long. <laughs> we definitely need the puppet, and then we can have a puppet fight. <laughs> Between the Vinny puppet and, and the audience. Yeah. 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 Vinny will kick his ass. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> All right, we are getting out of here. You just uh, said we're going to stump the brewer. Oh, yeah, you got yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got several. Right. What do you got? What's the price? Uh, I got some shirts and shit. <laughs> like always. <Shit. laughs> yeah. All right, let's see which one is Okay, first. you guys can help each other. Cool. It's <laughs> good. Uh, let me see. Are that you ready? Be, that would be seven pounds of extract. <laughs> cool is not the right answer. Uh, the first question that came through was, uh, what was the fifth anniversary stone beer? Okay, Dave, help me out here. <laughs> fifth anniversary was a double IPA, and it was a fantastic one, I might add. Not stumped. All right, not stumped. What else you got? Where is the stone uh, winery located at? Which is winery in English, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the translation. <laughs> Sean, get out of my studio. That Thank has you. nothing to do with the Stone Brewing Company. <laughs> There's no Stone Winery? Not Well, there may be, but it has nothing to do with the Stone it has Brewery. Not, it's not uh, affiliated? No. Okay. no. Okay. All right. Not stumped. <laughs> uh, this is Augie. <laughs> not stumped. <laughs> How many homebrew clubs are there in St. Louis? In St. Louis? Wow. We gotta stump you. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you know that's not even right. I, I know that's right. I know, I know of one. one. I, I know of well, one. That's right. Yeah. So that's your answer? That's my answer. Not stumped? Not stumped. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really know of one? I went to one of their meetings one time. Did yeah. You? They're a very cool group. Yeah. I was there too. I can't remember the name of the group, but they were they were cool. They were good people. All right. Not stumped. I think it was Wish We Were Augie. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. What else you got? German history. When was the first Oktoberfest held? Oh. September. Oh, that'll get you. Yeah. How about, yeah, September. <laughs> <laughs> not stumped. Yeah, not <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, he's good. All right, he's good. Not stumped tonight. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's <laughs> it? Nice. Not stumped. No one, one more. That's all that was in there. That's all that's Fantastic. in there. Fantastic. Usually it's things like mash temps and we get all that. Yeah, I could answer those pretty easily. But and yeah. it was one. What is the average mash temp in Germany? The average mash temp? That's in Celsius. Yeah, remember to convert that. Stop the outro. <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude. Is there an average mash temp in Germany? Like, where is this answer found? You know what I mean? Well, does that mean the average mash temp for lagers in general? I don't accept the question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Are we Thank averaging like step mashes or what are we doing? All right, listen, we got to get out of here. I encourage you to listen live next week because you get two chances to register for the Brewing Network Conical Christmas. You two can also more chances. send in a name for the Sunday show to Conical at thebrewingnetwork.com, and that will uh, that could secure you a position to uh, get a, a new Conical fermenter. Sean Day, Sean Day, Sean Day. <laughs> Stonebrew.com is where you can find all sorts of information about stone beers. I want to say thanks to Mitch Steele for coming in here. I really appreciate that, Mitch. Sure, thank you. Thanks to David Hopwood for setting it up. It only took you a year, you douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the call back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. You know what? Well, hey. You thought he didn't want to do it because, you know, it, it wouldn't, like, push it. 
Head on out to at all. Head on out to EJ Fair tomorrow night at 7 p.m. because there's a beer dinner going on with Stone Brewing Company and EJ Fair's beers, and you can get Stone Pale Ale on tap for the first time up in this area. So check that out. There's still tickets available. You can get them at EJ Fair. Daniela, the chat room's okay. What, are they going nuts now? Or no, what? but they just had a very good stump to brew. What year was Bud Light first brewed? Oh. oh, I'm gonna say, uh, let's see, Budweiser Light or Bud Light? Bud Light. Oh, <laughs> touche! I like the nut stumps part of that question. Very good, Mitch. You're still with the family. Yeah. Uh, I will say 1984. Incorrect. You're stumped. 82. Oh, 1982. 82. I almost said oh. that. All right, I'll send a T-shirt to somebody. Uh, give it. Give Danielle an email. Danielle at thebrewingnetwork.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks again to Stone Brewing Company for all the beer and the good information. I appreciate, uh, really, again, for you being so uh, forthright with all your information. Hey, no problem. Cool. You going to come back and talk uh, mixing hops with us? Anytime. Okay. Anytime. That sounds good. He flew up just for our shows, and I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Stone Brewing Company. Stay tuned, everybody, because we're going to keep registering people. Uh, we'll see you next week. Brewcaster D with your last clue of the day. When you have the answer, send it to conical at thebrewingnetwork.com and send it fast because the first one to do it registers. Your clue is a form user registered in October.